Evil Squid Comics Podcast, episode 4.18. So, season 4, episode 18. 18? Eight to go. Seven to go. After today. No, it's eight. Eight to go. That would be 26. 26. Since we do it every other week. So, I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we get together every two weeks, which is why we want to get to 26. Um, every two weeks, and we talk about comic books, TV shows, movies. I won't be here for the next one, though. What? I know. You're going to go to Disney? I am. Disneyland. Actually, at this Can't. time, in, a, uh, in two weeks, I will be actually at Universal Universal Studios Horror Nights. I don't remember the last time we did a podcast without Scott going. Universal Nights Horror. Yeah, Universal, Universal Horror Nights. Really? Dude, it is something like you and Barbara should go to. I was like looking at this thing. It's just like a series of haunted houses that you go through. Yeah. Yeah, at night and, and people jumping out and crazy mirror mazes yeah. and all this. Why are you going to that? You don't like that horror. Cost? Oh, I hate horror, but my, but Brandy likes uh, oh, okay. that type of stuff. She likes Halloween and things. I think it costs a lot. Of- <laughs> it's not that much. It's seventy dollars a ticket. That's not bad. To get in there. Now, it gets for you in. It's, it's for one night. Is that on night. top of your ticket to get into the park? If I... No. Okay? If you buy a $70 ticket, it allows you to get into the park, but not until 6 o'clock that evening. Okay. But, but then you but, can ride rides? But you can ride a handful or, of rides okay, that are open. So not everything's yeah, open. Not everything's open. Okay. It looked like there was about six or seven rides that were open, but there's ten haunted houses and a bunch of other stuff, and it stays open until 2 That actually up. sounds kind of fun. So... Where are you going? Universal Studios in Disney. In, in Florida. Florida. In Florida, Orlando. So. Oh, you're going to do both? Uh, yeah, we're going to do Universal one night for the Horror Nights, and then we're going to do Disney for a couple of nights. Oh, so you're just doing so. the night at Universal? Yeah, just doing no, the one night. you're not going to go to any of the other stuff. We've seen the other stuff. Oh, have so. you said or been? So. What's that? I have never been. So uh, I've been. We've been, and so That's I've cool. done most of the other stuff. I mean, we've done the whole Harry Potter land and stuff, but uh, Randy likes Halloween, and she's always wanted to do the Universal Horror Nights, so that's what we're going to do. That's cool. Is Are it, they doing it all through October? Or I guess it's September. It's September. Yeah, so they do it on, like, three nights a week or something uh, like that is when they do it. Cool. And so we'll be there on a Wednesday night because it's supposed to be the one of the slower nights, and we'll see what we can trouble we can get into. what everybody mm-hmm. thinks, so then everybody goes on Wednesday because it's supposed to be slower. And then it's the busiest. We'll see. It could possibly pan out that way. I already got my reservations, though, for my freaking lightsaber build at Hollywood Studios. Lightsaber build. That's right. He's going to build his own lightsaber. I'm going to build my own lightsaber. Is that $200 or more? It is $200. It is actually but you like come out with a lightsaber. You come out with a lightsaber with the blade and yeah, everything. Type the stuff. hilt? The hilt and the blade, yep. Huh. Which anymore seems to be the running price of those damn on the replica, replica lightsabers. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Yep. So, but Is it just should you be and a good wife? thing. Yep. It'll just be the two of us. Won't that be fun? How long are you going to be gone? Can't believe you didn't uh, raise your son to like Star Wars. A week? I know. I don't know what was wrong with yeah, him. Yeah. What happened there? Because he liked it when he was little, right? He did. He did. And I just never when did really. He, when did he turn? Pursue it there. I don't think we, like, watched a bunch of it, though, either. So I, I don't know that he ever really got exposed enough to say, um, you know, that he just... Really well, the problem was there wasn't all the new stuff at that time. Maybe if all the, like, new movies and the TV series had hit... Could have been. ...at the right age. Mm-hmm. 
he missed it by a couple of years. What's funny is he was a big Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. When he was growing up, you know, and things, and was active into that. But now the Rings of Power came out. And yeah. I was like, yeah, do you want to watch this? He goes, you know, I honestly don't really even remember Lord of the Rings all that well anymore. I was like, you loved it when you're growing up. Yeah, I know. He's like, but I haven't. We haven't watched it in you know probably a decade. You know, and things, and I just wow. don't really. You don't care. Care. I'm like, wow, really? Wow. The one nerdy thing that I thought you were still into. Well, I shouldn't say the one. He the, still likes his anime, right? He still likes his anime. And yeah. his video games. Yeah. Because he does a lot of those Japanese RPG type games, yes. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Final Fantasy. He does. Yeah, he, he does quite a bit of that and things. That's cool. But, yeah. We've been watching Castlevania. We're on yeah. season three of that. Yeah, I think he's digging that one, though. Cool. It's kind of, it's got very much. Did he get better? Style. After the first season? Oh, the yeah. The first couple episodes? The, the first season's so-so. The second season, I liked, but the second season focuses a lot on the, the villains. Yeah. And then it kind of had, it's kind of anticlimactic at the very end in its own weird way. The third season now has been more actually about the heroes and kind of, you know, kind of how things are going. Um, right now, my son's actually liking the third season, so I think it's... It's pretty good. I do. Might I would worth, say overall, it's it's been getting better as things have been cool. going on. Might might have to give it another try just to see if maybe I just gave it not enough time. You know, because some shows are like that. Mm-hmm. The first episode's kind of mediocre, but then if you stick it out, it starts to reward you for your patience. Yeah, I I, I think it does get better. I, I I liked it, but I didn't, like can't say I was. Maybe I was a little lukewarm there at first, but. See, we've been watching Better Call Saul, and we're in, like, season three, and we had tried to watch it, like, a few years ago, right after we watched Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. and the first episode, my wife didn't really like, and it was just so-so, and so we just kind of abandoned it, but everybody tells us, oh, it's so good, so good, so finally, a buddy of mine, he's like, do you guys watch that? We're like, no, we tried, he's like, you gotta power through, like, the first season, because it's not that good, but then about second and a half about halfway through the second season it gets really good or whatever I just kind of hate shows and like so, that you know where you so it's kind of a slow burn are there only there. five of Better Call Saul the sixth season is done but it only was on AMC it will eventually hit Netflix but I don't know when that will happen and so it's are done are you serious six what do you mean I'm we're watching it we're tearing through it yeah there's we're a like sixth season four. yeah there's a sixth season and it's gonna hit Netflix at some point I just don't know when but it is finished airing so it probably will hit pretty fast it better that's ridiculous I'm gonna spend all this time well all those shows are like that like I always I've gotten to that situation many times where I'll be watching a show and I'll catch up to like where it's being aired and it won't be hitting streaming yet yeah like that happened to me on Yellowstone cause Yellowstone's the weirdest thing ever and it happened to me on... Uh, We're going to be done in, like, Look, it's tomorrow. obviously it's happened on Walking Dead. Because I, I haven't I seen I haven't the last season. Because they've been airing for... it for two years. And it hasn't hit Netflix yet. I haven't mm-hmm. watched Walking Dead. Because they split that last season into, like, eight three years, years or yeah, whatever. Two parts. Something weird. So it's taken forever. And then there's another show that we were watching that that happened. Maybe it was Justified. I don't know. Hmm. But, yeah, well, it happens. that sucks. We'll probably if we really get desperate, you week. just go into like uh, Amazon or iTunes and just buy the episodes for like twenty bucks, and then you can watch it. Cool. Do you watch Rings of Power? No, I'm trying to get my youngest to watch Lord of the Rings, so then we can all watch Rings of Power together. Did you watch it? I did. The first two episodes came out. Yes, yeah. it's, it's okay. Cool. It's not near as good. I don't believe it's as good as say Lord of the Rings, but uh, well, is anything though? Yeah, and it may be another case of kind of a high point dragging things, and who the hell knows? But uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's all that controversy of them putting too much um, 
diversity into it or something like uh, that, which yeah. I think people are full of shit. But I don't is. care. I, I know. I yeah, I don't really care. I think we're trying elves, to elves. That's what I would have thought. But supposedly, I guess according I, to Token, that elves were all fair skinned and like blonde haired or something or like. Well, that's because he's a racist. I don't Absolutely. Know, don't that know that exactly that was necessarily why. the case, but I think he was trying to base his elves off, you know, white people, Europeans. I think was more so at the time. There's black people. So, there, there are black Europeans. I mean, trans that had transplanted there, from, and they weren't like indigenous to that region. Yeah, I don't. They were transplanted believe. here. Yeah, They're I agree. Oh, no, to here. No, same true. thing. Yeah, same I agree. Scenario. There's not, you know, but the idea, indigenous but North the idea of token Spain is dark, has dark, pe- dark people. All of true. Yeah, not type of things. Yeah, not in the in the, in the eat Middle East. They're olive skinned. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There is some to that. Yeah, there's some. But I mean, the Middle East is almost Africa, really. I mean, or Asia. Or Asia is more the case when you start getting into Indian things. But yeah, you're right. Anyway, but whatever these people are complaining about, though, I think it's a bunch of ado about nothing. But they feel like it's not being pure to tokens work, you know. They're probably the same people who but, are complaining about Lord, the Lord of the Rings because it wasn't pure to the work because it didn't have all the songs. Oh, I know the songs already dropped that one freaking Tom Tom Bombadil or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know it's probably yeah. the same people. It, it probably is. It probably is. I don't really care and what racist. they have to say. So who knows? Yeah, they're racist so, and they're purists. So yeah. I don't got nothing. I finished Peacemaker. Oh, that show is very good. It is absolutely. It? it is really good. I know. I really enjoyed it. That's what I mean. Scott it was weird because when I first started ago. watching, I was like, "Ah, eh, it's just that kind of like over the top <laughs> shock humor, you know." Uh, but like, what James Gunn does so well is he then takes that humor that's kind of over the top and not really offensive, but just kind of like potty mouth, whatever, yeah. you know. But then he gives it's it like a little, little bit of a grade he, school humor. Yeah, he ways. gives it that kind of juvenile humor. But then yeah. he gives it like this heart to where you actually start to care, and it gives it like this like emotional center. Yeah. And then you're like, oh wow, how did he do that? Because it was just like you know juvenile humor, and now I actually now you care. About now the I'm characters. like invested, and yes. I care, and it's like you know. Yeah. So yeah, he's a he's talented at that. He's really good at taking that in. Eagly. Eagly, yes. Do you Girl really want to taste it? <laughs> yeah, no. It's like one of those shows where like I skipped the intro, but I regret it just a little bit. <laughs> oh, I don't even skip that one. And then I would just and then I started listening time. to that song because it's on. You know, I find <laughs> it on iTunes and you start playing that song. That's a great song. And and then they played it partway through one of the last episodes. Oh, like it was, probably so. It was playing. And then after I watched that, I'm like, man, I really want to listen to a bunch of 80s hair metal. Like, I played some Def Leppard Hysteria and some Cinderella. That's too... That's, too far? No, that's not far enough for that. That um, show, he was into, like, really weird... Yeah, we liked, what was it, uh, Hanoi, Hanoi Rocks yeah. or whatever. Yeah, some more obscure yeah. stuff. They did talk about Cinderella. They did. They did, yeah. But it just made me want to listen to that type of music, not necessarily that specific music. <laughs> But yeah, no, Peacemaker is really he good. Does really, he does really, really want to taste it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then uh, I started the Vigilante. last season of Lock and Key. Uh, so I'm two episodes mm-hmm. in. It's still really good. I like that show a lot. Do you? Uh, you don't uh, like that show? It, it, that's one of those ones in which I felt it started strong and was and was pretty good with, you know, how it was 
relating with the comic, you know, and it went uh, tweaks. Totally. And that and after the first season, the second season went totally off the rails and became basically a CW show with you yeah. know, with all a bunch of young people in crisis. It's still okay. And then the third season, I don't know, I just it, it I don't know what it is. It just seemed like it drags and in some cases and the bad guys just over the top you know and weird and i don't know i i was glad that the third season got over i'm glad so, that the third season is, is the last the season yes. i don't think they make some any stupid further. things you know and whatever else it could so. have ended in the second season but i still enjoy the characters and the show and yeah it does seem weird how every episode they're finding like a new key i have only two episodes oh, in, but every episode they found like a new key and and, like, yeah it's the same type of thing yeah new keys and somebody's trying to get the keys and there's a stupid boneheaded thing where they're trying to save somebody and they have like all these keys in front of them and they're like just moving them all around. The bad guy wants all the keys. The bad guy drops them. They're like trying to find the one key. We got it! And they run off. All those keys are there. And so the bad guy's just like, picks them back up, you know, or whatever when he comes to. It's like, you had them all there. Why, you know, his whole goal is to get all the keys. I don't know. But they didn't have the. They didn't have all of them because they took one away. Because they took one. I know. That's Was it the Omega key though. So. The Omega key. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, it's out there somewhere. But yeah, it's interesting. I I like it. But yeah, it is starting to get a little... They probably could have ended it after the second season, which I thought was very strong. Probably. I don't know. You could say the same thing for Umbrella Academy, which I still really enjoy. See, an Umbrella Academy to me was a little... Yeah, you could say that it could have ended after the second season, maybe even after the third. Every season. Now now they've got one more, you know, that they did green light a fourth season that they are saying is the final. Oh, are they saying But this is what is interesting to me on that one, where I felt like each season got better. Yeah, I mean, I the first season was very... I feel that way about Lock and Key season two. I thought it was better than season one. But obviously your mileage was a little bit different. But but yeah, I felt like season two of Umbrella Academy was really good. And then season three I thought was just fantastic. I really liked it. So um but yeah, it's one of the few that's gotten better. And House of Dragons. I'm still watching that. Are you still are you starting to watch Game of Thrones yet? (laughs) Does Barbara like that? Because that's a good one to Dude, all we've been watching is, is Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Mm. Like, literally, that's all we've been watching. It's a really good show. TV. It is kind of addictive. How many episodes do you get in a day? Like, three? Two to three. Two to three. Are you watching House of Dragons at all? No, I'm waiting until the Til it's season's all. done. Well, here's what happened. is I, I can only, I'd like to just watch one show at a time. So, like, I started Peacemaker, and then Lock and Key dropped. I'm like, okay, I need okay. to watch Lock and Key. I think I'd actually started Altered Carbon, which I wasn't that excited about the second season, but I wanted to finish it. So I had to finish that, and then I watched Peacemaker, and then Lock and Keys sitting there saying, "Watch me, watch me." So I'm watching that. So maybe after I finish that, I'll watch House of Dragons. We'll see where they're at. See, I'm much. I like this. How are you watching all this stuff? Your wife's still watching it with you, is she? No, I watch it at the gym when I'm on the elliptical. I'm like running elliptical, and I have my little phone, and I'm watching. You're always complaining that you can't ever watch anything unless Christy wants to watch. The only I I either have to watch it with Christy. If she doesn't want to watch it, I watch at the gym on my own. So I watched Peacemaker, Altered Carbon, and Lock and Key. I'm watching. Them. There you go. Yeah, see, I'm like in the one day or one a week, you know, type of thing. So yeah. just because I have a short attention span, so I hate like watching Are all these you things. Are into back two, back. two, halfway into season two? Of Lock and Key? Of Better Call Saul. Oh, Better Call Saul. Oh, we are, you started season three. Three. We're like halfway through four. Wow. I'm trying to think of where three. Three. The end of three is when his brother the recorded him. 
secretly saying that he did the thing. And then we're at the beginning of season three where basically Mike is trying to figure out how they're tracking him and now he's trying to track them back. And Saul and the girl are starting their own practice and the brother has some plan to do with that tape, but we're not quite sure what the plan is. I'll tell you what he does with it. Well, I think we had the episode where Ernesto heard part of it and he acted like crazy. Like, But I think that was a, a ploy. Like, I think he wanted Ernesto to hear it. Yes. So. How far did... So, yeah, he, wants, he wanted Ernesto to hear it. Yeah. So that he would run and tell Jimmy. Yeah. And then Jimmy would do whatever Jimmy's going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if Ernesto would do that. Mm. But apparently... He is that maybe obvious. maybe he is that manipulative and obvious predictable. I mean, I like know. the dude's replacing the batteries, and it just happens to be right at the point yeah. where he says, "Yeah, exactly." I, I thought that was you, dumb. So you, yeah, it was obvious <laughs> after I thought about it that it was on purpose. Jimmy, you just, I just admitted still don't to under- a felony. I just don't understand what Chuck's plan is with it. Yeah. And and if Chuck and Howard can reason through that that tape is worthless, I don't know why Jimmy wouldn't be able to reason that through either. That it doesn't really because Jimmy's help Jimmy. Them. I guess, but I mean, he's he's a smart lawyer. He should understand. But, yes, but he's very fly off the handle. It's true, and he does not use common sense hardly at all. He gets caught up in the moment. He does. He and he, he an, loses control. He's kind and, of an adrenaline junkie. You yes, say. absolutely. And so he wants to be. He wants it to be exciting. Yes. So, She Hulk, you watching that? Yes, I like She Hulk a lot. Really? It is really amusing. I like the comedy and the, like... I like how of, short they are. They are very short, They're all, like, that's 25 minutes or something, yeah. <laughs> well, I like that they're short, because yeah. it's like a sitcom. It's it it like, really is. It really is. But I like that they brought back uh, Tim Tim Roth. Tim Roth as yeah. Emil Blonsky, the abomination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I've only hilarious. seen the first one. Tim Roth is such a good actor. He is. Oh, I love the, the, the cult. The cult, yes. Of women that he... That's awesome. <laughs> he has like all these women that he's been writing to, you know, and they're all there to help support him on during his parole day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Are you not watching it? We watched the first one. Uh, We've we been watching watch. Better Call Saul. Dude. Yeah, believe it or not, the first episode was like the weakest of the three so far. So, I think. Oh, well, then I have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because the first one's mostly just set up like establishing her, yeah. and now she's getting into like actually doing her lawyer stuff. It's, yep. It's it's amusing. I like that show. It's all I know is everybody's about the controversy of her booty shaking or what? twerking. Really? It's all over Facebook. Is that? I, I saw that. I didn't even know that was a controversy. I saw the memes. Yeah. I didn't know it was a controversy. I thought everybody oh. was liking it. No. But yeah, no. I think it's great. I love the tonal shift. Like it just feels so light and kind of fun. And oh yeah. We haven't had one of those for a while. Like Ms. Marvel kind of tried to do that, but it got a little too plot heavy. But it I was a little bit, yeah, in some of that respects. And Moon Knight obviously was very oh, heavy and Moon dark. Moon Knight was just, it was dark, off the rails, just weird things. Best Marvel show that they've had so far. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it was good for what it was. It just wasn't. I like, like Moon Knight. I, I just got like. Oh, it was so good because Ethan Hawke was in it. That's a big yes. chunk of it, believe it or not. Ethan Hawke. But, so, you know, you can't guy. really discount. Uh, Golly, what's his name? Oscar Wilde. Yeah, Oscar no, Isaac. Isaac. Oscar Isaac. There you go. <laughs> I saw some movies. Are we moving to movies? Are we done with TV shows? Sure. I'm, I'm done with TV shows, I think. Oh, I did watch that train wreck, though. The 99 oh, stock or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That was, that, that was amusing. Yeah, the trench mouth and everything else. 
That's pretty good, right? And let's see here. They we decided to give them all a bunch of candles, right? <laughs> and then red hot chili peppers going out. You need to calm them down. Okay, we're gonna go out there. You need to say something to them. Then start singing fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he I did, promised somebody. They did try and blame one of Hendrix's relatives yes, that they would play that as they a tribute. Would play a tribute. Of and Kiedis was just doing what he felt was right. He was. Same way that freaking Fred Durst or whatever, Limp Biscuit was doing now, what he those thought was guys, fun. Those guys had nothing. None of the musicians had anything to do with it. They needed more security. They needed. It, it was the festival's fault. Don't blame any of the... Oh, whatever. It's no, Perfect Storm or not, some of that type stuff. Well, yeah, but don't... Limp Bizkit going out there and telling freaking 200,000 people to break shit. And that's whatever the name the of else. his song. Yes, but he didn't have and to go through there and say a bunch of other crap, you know, all through that either. I don't know. Just then keep don't, ramping then, them up. Then the How do you promoters. even have enough freaking security? You shouldn't have put given, I guess, 200,000 people. Then the promoters should not have put that lineup together. No, they shouldn't have. That so you're saying it is Limp Bizkit's fault? No. I said it was a I perfect storm of things. Isn't. I mean, it, I think it is a combination of who of the promoters are mainly at at fault here because okay. to your point, who they the lineups that they got yeah. and whatever else. But the the singer, you know, in particular, Limp Biscuit, did not help the situation no. at all. No, you know, and I don't feel like the Red Hot Chili Peppers helped the fire no. situation at all. I think, but you all... can't really depend on them either. No, I mean, they're they're all doing what they're doing. That's right. right. That's right. Are, like, are you kidding me? If you if you're you can't, if you're the Red Hot Chili Peppers and you're up there playing and people are burning shit, do you really think that if Anthony Kiedis just stopped playing music and said, "Hey guys, calm down. You can't be burning stuff." I think they think would listen. No, 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 they, no, teenagers no. are a bunch of fucking no, lemmings. They were not teenagers. They're twenty. They're still they're college. A bunch of, of lemmings. No, you're dude. Oh, I don't think you're drunk. Oh, no. You're drunk. No, you're crazy. No. You're crazy, dude. Dude. They sure they would. Dude. Look at the last goddamn president we had. Yeah. And that that guy got a bunch of people leading to go whatever the hell things that he said. That's the same way with these 20-somethings listening to freaking whoever that they're admiring. They listen to it, and they would do things. I think the problem. No. Here's the problem with that theory. I agree with you to an extent. The problem is, is that when you have a festival show like that, not everybody there likes every artist. So not oh, everybody there is a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Not everybody, a few people probably would listen because they have Anthony Kiedis on like a pedestal. Yeah. A lot of the guys are like, I like corn, Red Hot Chili Peppers, it sucks, you know? And so those are probably the ones who are going to burn crap anyway. Maybe. And so you might get a few people to listen, but in a crowd, mob mentality where they're already amped up and they're all like pissed off because yeah. they've been paying $10 for a bottle of water, water. and they're all dehydrated. I don't think Anthony Kiedis is going to be able to wind anybody down. Yeah. No, that's just me. No. I mean, I think in a normal situation, maybe if you, if it was like a red hot chili concert, concert where everybody's there to see them, I think you're absolutely right. Maybe, yes, because then they could be like... Where, because it's people that are there to listen to them. And they're it like, is a very good point. And they're like, there were hey... There so many uh, people that were there for whatever yeah. reason. But then again, I got to think that a lot of people that were there, knowing that Red Hot Chili Peppers were the, the so-called <laughs> title card, yeah. were there for them. Yeah, but they had know, like Metallica headlining the night before. You know, it's not like they were the only... Sh- you know, big band there. No, 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 no. But, yeah. but at that point in time, yeah. it was the last band of sure, the very sure. last night. Yeah. There was no reason to really stay, you know, except for them. Yeah. You know, type things. 
That's true. So, so I don't know. I don't know. I still think that there were some things that, pro- that he, were They probably, probably could have helped the situation right. more than he did. That's right. I mean, I think they just, you know, but, quite literally added fuel to the fire that were out there. I think so. But at the stuff. same time, it's like... But could that, they have stopped? Was, probably not. But could they have tried to control it a bit more? Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, because they do have influence. In that documentary, they were saying how, like... Corn was like controlling the crowd, you know. Like they, yeah, were, I know. I mean, so but they then did that, have some. Influence. But then Bush came out and actually calmed, calmed the crowd down. down. So I mean, so but that was more I'm with saying. the music, not so much saying, "Hey, you guys need right. to calm down." You know, and you're probably more. right, especially with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, that it probably would not have made mu- as much of a difference, especially for the fires that broke out. Could it have helped a little bit with the rioting that happened after? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. That's the to be said. But when but, stuff was burning, but the, but the way that they at least got, you're watching this thing, the way that they aired it showing with uh Fred Durst or whatever. Dude, that guy was out there just to make the crowd go wild. Yeah. You know, and do whatever and break job. shit. That is. And I mean you can't fault it's kinda like you can't fault a snake for being a snake. You can't fault Limp Biscuit for being Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I suppose. I mean to I don't some know. degree. I do to some degree in some of that crap. But with it, but maybe I'm peppers, just an angry old man. If they had come out clouds, and played so. like a ballad instead of Fire by Jimi Hendrix, you know, that might have made a difference. You know? They could have played something to kind of bring the crowd down rather than playing Fire. Which well, things were when burning. they played freaking Under the Bridge, yeah. everybody was contained and had correct. Their, That's what I'm saying. So they so may not be able to say anything, but they probably could have done something, done something musically yeah. that could have had an impact. Yeah, but whatever. It's like a, bunch of dumb drunk apes it is a bunch of dumb drunk and they're apes. just like yeah huh? dude <laughs> pretty much like I, I said there are just a bunch of dang lemmings that are out yeah, there oh you go might. out there and break stuff that freaking tower in the middle stood for a day and a half <laughs> suddenly when he's out there the thing looks like a freaking zombie apocalypse takes it all over you cannot tell me he wasn't somewhat responsible he was somewhat you know responsible. In, in some of that now are the promoters the big idiots at large absolutely those guys were, especially the one guy that they tied in with who was out there for money only. He was just trying to make it sound as pretty as possible. I felt bad for the old Woodstock hippie who thought that the kids <laughs> of the 90s. In. Yeah, well, it was his idea, but he thought the kids of the 90s were the same as the kids of the 60s. And there's no freaking way. He just was out of touch, you know, type things. And then the other guy that he goes in with is all out there for just the money. So, you know, that's the combination there that you had So for a, you know, perfect... <laughs> you know, storm of, of crap. But yeah, I don't know. When but that's why like, I say. I mean, it's a the, the promoters bigly, well, mainly were out there. But obviously, who they brought in did not help the matters at all. But like when we went to the Lollapalooza. They had an Army National Guard truck out there with like water. If you needed water, they had water for you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you have to have water for people. Like yes, free water. exactly right. <laughs> if you're out at a hot day concert, especially if you're going to take all their shit away from, yeah, them. yes, you got You have to provide to just drinking all. water. That's right. <laughs> especially you if to. you're going to take all that stuff from them as they walk in, correct? You know, type thing. And I tell you, having the national guard out there, like with the water thing. That does a lot to crowd control, too, even though they're not security. Oh, absolutely. There's military people there yeah. giving water. Oh, well, man. and that was part of the problem, too. I mean, they had crap for, you know, any type of security or any type of yeah. uh, police or whatever you want to say type things. Well, like one person that documented said, it's like, well, people realized there were no consequences to what they oh, yeah. did, and so they just did it. Like just the Lollapalooza 94, where they didn't make any money. It's like, well, they didn't have anybody controlling the fence. 
And so people realize oh, they yeah, can just they hop the fence. Woodstock. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, Woodstock 94, same thing, but it was a different we problem. We had 600,000 people, but only 300,000 paid. paid. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they realized quickly yeah. they couldn't man the fence, and so people were just hopping in. It's like, okay. Oh, absolutely. So, I don't know. I watched Prey. Did you watch Prey? I did watch Prey. It was good. That was really good. I really liked it. Dad said it was slow to start, and he, like, almost turned it off. I was like, really? It well, it is a lot of that I didn't think it was that slow. Bit, you know, I mean, it took a little while to get going. But the Predator shows up right away. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I thought it was great. So I think, the, one I of the think best my, action movies I've seen in a while. My brother didn't like it because of the fact that it's... He it said that... Indians in it? What, no, I think it was the female Indian in particular. That he, Native American. You know, type things. But no, it, it was more the case of the fact that he was expecting that... That this character, whoever, you know, was going to be, like, the best of the best of hunters against the Predator. Because, you know, that's what the Predator's after, is the best of the best. He didn't realize it was going to be some, you know, somewhat, in, you know, learning... You A know, wannabe hunter. Wannabe hunter that's going to take out this big old Predator, you know, type things. But isn't that what and makes so, the story interesting? Because it's not your best well, of the, the best. the underdog, you know, yeah. type of thing and whatever. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, for you and me, probably so. For him, he was like, no, you know, Arnold... He, he was going back to... Arnold's, Arnold was, like, the big guy. He was the badass of the planet. And he got to go up against this Predator. And the only way he even took it out was practically... Got lucky. Getting a nuclear bomb to take him out, you know, type of thing, you know, and this was our best of the best in some ways. And then, but yet, what, uh, 200 years earlier or whatever the heck else, uh, some incompetent alien that happens to be smarter than a beaver can take out a predator. Well, I thought in the first predator, which I just watched, he just got lucky because the mud masked him and he didn't realize that would happen. Very true. He just got, if he, that hadn't happened, he would have been dead like everybody else. Probably so. He got lucky. And this girl, in this movie, I can't remember what her Something happened. Was. Gets the Something happened here. that gave her a slight advantage that she realized that nobody else realized. Kind of like what happened to Arnold. Arnold, yeah. And so she got a slight advantage and that's how she was able to exploit that advantage. But so. well, it was a little bit was the fact that he didn't consider her a threat. That was part of it too. Yeah. yeah. But I thought she found some weakness or something that he couldn't see. Or there, I thought there was something. I can't remember. Uh, his helmet. Oh yeah, she figured out that his helmet was. Yeah. She took his helmet. She took off. His helmet. She took a helmet. So she yeah. used her brains and and you know, you know, sneakiness to yep. kind of. Yeah, to take him out. Take him out. Which I, I thought was cool. I would agree. Yeah. Like so, I said, I thought it was. I mean, she didn't go mano and mano cool. with him. No. Yeah. And neither did Arnold. Arnold had to use you know guile and stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. So. Guile. <laughs> So anyway, I thought that was... Say huh? That's how Arnold Arnold Gile. would say Guile. Really? really? I thought you were talking about Street Fighter. Yeah, Gile. I thought you were too. So, Anyway, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Like, I thought the action sequences, especially towards the last half, were really well done. You know, with the slow-mo, use of slow-mo, and some cool framing sequences where she, like... Was it the brother who, like, jumped over and, like, grabbed his thing? I, I don't know. It was cool. Something like that. Yeah, there's some, definitely some pretty good action sequences in there. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. The little... Uh, Hatchet, with the rope. I saw a meme. It's like, yeah, we screwed up not releasing that in the theaters. <laughs> really? <laughs> they that, huh? it's like, I don't know though. I mean, they probably could have at least made another sure. forty million or something. I, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have, but maybe not. Oh, well, who knows with the current state of movie going? I, I mean, watched... the last Predator movie didn't do very well. I don't no, think. I don't think so either. 
I'm not even sure I've seen it. But all us lame 40, 50-year-olds will sit in our basements and watch it and talk about it and think how cool it is. Very true. So. I saw Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane? Had, have you ever seen that I have before? never seen that movie. What? I know. But now that I have Drew's, like, voodoo or whatever the hell account, <laughs> I was like... You know, I bet you there's some old-ass movie here that I could watch on here that's considered a classic that I've probably never seen before. What do you think of Citizen Kane? Believe it, that was really good. You know, now for a movie that's like 70 flipping years old or something like this, I guess it's not quite that, is it? No? No, it's more probably. It's more. I think it's it's almost 80. 80, It came out in 41. 41, okay. Yeah, so so it'd be 80. Yeah. Yeah. But for a movie like that old... It does not feel quite that old. It feels like an older movie, but it's amazing, you know, I think just the overall cinematography that they did in that thing. And well, did you it, Wikipedia it afterwards? Uh, no. Okay. Because that movie, it it did a lot of new things with cinematography that had never been done before. Oh, which I is can, why it was so that. influential. I mean, I'm but watching watch it today, that thing, you're like, well, everybody does this now. But at the time, it was like, really oh, big. no, I'm watching that thing. And I'm thinking, this thing was in 41. And he's taking all these interesting camera angles, different like views and stuff. It was just, I thought, flipping incredible. It was like the first time, I did. think, they said where they put the camera low and like shot up. Oh, like, that had never oh, been done wow. before. You know what I mean? They said they had like cut holes in the floor and stuff to get these angles yeah, these and stuff. Angles. Oh, I could definitely believe that. And they did like the cool like fade out, which had never really been done before you know i mean there's all sorts of little techniques that he used that had like i mean but beyond all that the technical stuff it was a really cool story and an interesting character study well and it's got you know you can almost see you know tarantino you know if influences for him you know type things with the you know the non-linear type storytelling and everything else yeah it's just like wow this this that thing is like yeah way beyond way ahead of its time yeah absolutely Absolutely in that. Did you know Rosebud was the sled? Uh, yes, but that was spoiler alert. I know I had heard that at one point in time. Yeah. I couldn't exactly remember, but when it was, you know, I'm, I was telling my wife this. I was like, Rose I think Rosebud's a teddy bear, isn't it? Because that's what it was in, like, The Simpsons or something. <laughs> and then I'm watching the movie, and as soon as I see the little kid, you know, in his sleigh, I was like, fuck, no, that's the damn sled. You know, it's that's Rosebud. So. Nice. But yes. Rosebud. I almost think that the damn Indiana Jones end scene is like from the damn, you know, uh, scene there at the end where they like pull back and it's all that crap of his house, you know, that they're getting ready to burn. Oh, yeah, there's a little bit of. I've almost got the feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they pan back. Like I said, it was. Cool. But I think that what made it good for me was the fact that I did have to keep it in mind that this thing was as old as it was, you know, type aspects, you know, and, and keep that perspective there a little bit. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely aged, but it's oh yeah. It's but it's amazing to me how how little it did not. You know, at yeah. least to the extent that I thought. But you know, a nineteen a movie out of nineteen forty one. Come on, this thing's got to be total crap. Why do people talk so much about that? And then watch it, and then oh, okay, that's why. I, exactly, I understand that a little bit more now. Cool. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. Yep, yeah, definitely <laughs> before it's time. Why are they selling so many pies? <laughs> How's it, like how's the taste? It's okay. It's okay. Then why are they selling so many? That's why. 
That's why it's a good movie. That's why it's been held up. Because it's classic. <laughs> it is a right. classic. See how right. it all you know, it's fits funny. together? Nobody talks about Revenge of the Nerds anymore, other than you, Don. Like, I never hear anybody talk about that being a classic or... I didn't say it was a classic. Oh, okay. I was just referring you to... You just said it was an inside. I was just referring to that's why. That's why. That's yes. why. I saw Licorice Pizza. Did you guys uh, I've watched uh, half no, of but it I think so. I want to see it. I, I thought I did until about. I kind of watched it, but it's a slice of life that's kind of boring. Yeah. It's so boring. Why do I want to see it then? Because it got good like reviews. Yeah, it's kind of got I this really weird like seventies feel or something too. What's it about? No big yeah, actors. It's, it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson as the director. Oh, that might be. What I don't know, know if you know who that is. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I was really excited because I like most of his stuff. And it was getting some pretty good buzz. It was getting good buzz, so I thought it would be this cool kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of vibe, cool movie. But yeah. Where is that? Anything at? for me? I'm with it's you. on Amazon right now. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And see, I watched it, but I got unfortunately something happened, and I had to like stop watching it. But I just don't have exactly a desire to to go back to it. <laughs> so, yeah, because it's dry. It's like it was hard to sit through. Like so, it's like two and a half hours. I'll keep watching the clock. I'm like, is this thing over yet? Oh, that's part of the problem nothing. too. It's very very long for it's what just it is. Slow and yeah. it doesn't. There's not a lot of plot development. Plot there, and uh, the characters just aren't exactly the most likable. Yeah. Yeah. And things. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It was not, I really wanted to like it, but it was not my jam. Yeah. And then I saw the worst Jurassic Park movie they've ever made, which was Jurassic Park Dominion. Have you guys listened to that? Is that the most recent one? Yeah. I have not seen it yet. And you said it's awful, huh? <sighs> it's so bad, Scott. Really? It's like, it's such like a Rise of Skywalker. Like, everybody one. told me it wasn't everybody very good. Everybody loves it, though, because it brought all the original characters back. Every, this sounds like Rise of Skywalker to Because me. the lady was there... <laughs> And the original Doctor and Jeff Goldblum, and they're all there. And Everybody they come back told together. me it wasn't very good, so I went in with really low expectations, and it was still not good at all. How really? Could, I mean, you saw it, right? Can't yes, can't can't that fucking Pratt guy like learn how to look at a fake dinosaur better? He's been doing it for like eighteen movies. Every time he fucking tries to summon the dinosaur. It's like he's looking up here and the fucking dinosaur is there. It's like horrible. Can't they get a little puppet or something for him to fucking look at? Like it's it, pay attention to it drives me nuts. I'm trying to figure it's out ridiculous. who you're talking about Pratt guy. Or you mean Chris Pratt, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's still not looking in the right spot? Really? No, it's That's terrib- kind of it's the terrible. problem with the CGI guys, though, not it's, his fault. He doesn't know where to look. They need to make the thing appear. It's look. like... Um, they need to make the tennis ball in the right place. <laughs> right? It's, like, it's not his fault. It's like Phantom Menace... When Obi-Wan meets Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, and he's looking... And he's fucking looking here, and Jar Jar's, like, up here, and well, he's no, he's looking... looking right into, like, his eyes, but it just is awkward. It just reason. looks awkward, especially because of the fact that the, the focus just doesn't seem right. Well, and you know, Ewan McGregor just looks way too intense. Like, he, like they told me, you need to look here. He's like, okay, I'm going to really look there, which yeah. is not how real people look at somebody. It's and so it's, terrible. like, overdone. Yeah, terrible. They That's how bad Chris bullying. Pratt is. It's I like didn't even notice menace. that part. I just thought the f- you'd the f- like the five movies that yeah. he's no. knelt down and tried uh-huh. to tame the Velociraptor. I, none of that, that even, never bothered, even me. bothered me. Oh my what god! What bothered me about this movie is the two slow plots slowly merging together with like nothing happening and not caring about either of these plots. And me not remembering hardly anything about the last movie. It's total. And like, and like, where did this clone girl come from? I don't remember that. From the, she was in the from last, the last movie. movie. I don't yeah. remember that. Come on, dude. 
Jesus, so, that was like the whole point of the last movie. Yes. I don't remember the last movie. I saw it like three years ago. That was the reason why ago. they didn't kill the dinosaurs, because they had a little clone girl. Yeah. Duh. Well, I figured Jesus, it out. That's but... the one that had you hung? That's well, what ruined the movie Well, I'm just saying Jesus. that I was like, I was catching up. All you gotta up. do is pay attention. Like, that was the easiest solvable problem of the movies. But yeah, it was just really slow. I just didn't care. It was total fan, fan fiction, fan. It was what it was like the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, it was what I all keep saying. fan. It, sounds, it was all fan. basically tells me it that you guys bad. they just made it for they the fans. Rise of Skywalker, but with, with dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. And and Chris Pratt staring off into the distance, not at a dinosaur. <laughs> and it was like so repetitive too. Like the, oh, yeah. like the main bad guy is like trying to escape. And he gets he like gets captured by the same dinosaurs that killed Newman. I'm like, I know. Seriously, you didn't he come like up with anything original? I don't know. It was like, and it played like the same music, and he had the barbersol can. Yeah, it was like yeah, an homage. It was homage. like so homage, but I'm like, it was See? just lame. Everything about the movie was lame. It, it is not good. Okay. I mean, people told me it was I mean, bad. If you want to see it, we bought the fucking thing, so I have it. Why did Why you, did you buy, buy it? it? It's on Peacock. Don't you, you pay for when it first came out because you thought it's Jurassic what Park. We have the others. Like bought a, the damn movie, like, like on, digitally. Yeah. You didn't want to wait a week for it to be on. Barbara is a huge Jurassic Park fan, and she had to own it, so oh. she wanted me to watch it. So we had to pay thirty dollars. So she saw it in the theater. She saw it in the theater, and the she day wanted it to see it out. again. Yes, because I didn't see it in the theater. She loves that movie, dude. What? Yeah, it's a fan movie. Dude, she she is is praying at the altar of Jurassic Park. Well, I'm the only one of the three of us who watched it who stayed awake. Another two fell asleep. <laughs> and Chrissy's like, should Zach and I wake up and watch the last half you hour? Can't. I'm like, no, you should not. You can't. You can't make a bad Jurassic Park movie. In her that's mind. what I thought. I thought no, in even her, for her in her. No, mind, I thought that too. I, in my mind, I didn't even like the last one. In my mind, yeah, even a bad Jurassic Park good. movie is still kind of fun because it's dumb and fun, and yeah. I enjoy it. This one wasn't fun. Is was the problem. I haven't even really liked any of the new ones. I like the first one. I like the first one as fun. It was dumb as dirt, but it was fun. I guess it was the a second remake. one. It was. was. It was a remake. It was basically a remake of the first. <laughs> yeah, one. Which yeah, was, which was fun. Just I like that. Didn't just watch the first one. But this one was slightly different. <laughs> yes. Instead of his grandkids, it was her niece yeah. and nephew. It was or so fun. Nephews. Okay. I mean, I would watch Jurassic Park three before I would watch this one again. I would watch Jurassic Park three before I would watch any of the new ones. And Jurassic Park three is horrible. I know. Is that the one with the I've watched it very many times. The, yeah, with Sam Neill's and Sam Neill's back. returning character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've watched it many times. Have you? Jurassic yeah. Park plays a lot in our house. <laughs> Apparently, all of them. Wow. All right, man. Silas was raised on Jurassic Park movies. That's great. Nice. Well, Zach is out. He was. We, like, we tried to raise Zach on Jurassic Park movies. Star Wars. This one, he's done. He's like, he fell asleep, and I was like, dude, you fell asleep. He's like, the way, well, the maybe way, you hadn't showed me such a crappy movie, I wouldn't have. I the like, way we were raised on Star Wars, that's how Silas is raised on Jurassic Park. I get Jurassic it. Park. I get it. They were fun movies until now. Maybe whatever. This one lost the mojo. You know, I mean, but I guess the learned. first one is probably the only one. That's actually good. The original. I mean, the original is the only one that is actually a good film. But the other ones are entertaining, except for this one. By entertaining, I mean you can sit and watch in front of the TV and watch something for two hours. Then yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Not enjoy yourself or have a good time, but sit in front of the TV <laughs> and watch something for two hours. No, the other ones were entertaining. This one was not entertaining. Was the problem? All I want from a Jurassic Park movie is entertainment. I don't want. I don't want like to think that it's smart or it's well done or. It's, Doesn't he like cinematic. ride on a motorcycle through the woods again, chasing a Velociraptor? Well, I think is that in I this think one? a Velociraptor is chasing him on a motorcycle through okay. the city. Through, he, through oh, Venice right, through the city. That was yes. probably the best scene in the movie, actually. Right. And even that was pretty dumb, but yeah. it only went downhill from there. I mean, how many times can you get chased by a Velociraptor or chased well, a I, Velociraptor? Well, I'm not convinced a Velociraptor a could catch a motorcycle. I found that a little hard to believe. Because, I, I mean, know, a man, motorcycle can go, like, 40, 50 miles per hour. I don't think a Velociraptor... can go faster than that. A motorcycle could go, like, 180 well, this is like a little bike. It wasn't that. Um, it looked more of a dirt bike than dirt bike. I mean, but I'm still thinking he was probably going forty. I think a Velociraptor can go. His top speed is sixty-seven miles. An I mean, hour. even a cheetah can't maintain that kind of speed. It can get there. I mean, this guy chased him for like minutes through yeah, the city. Yeah, there were like three of them. Yeah, all because she pointed a laser at him. Apparently, that laser is like really, uh, uh, really powerful. Are you googling how fast a Velociraptor can run? I was going. I don't to think do they that. actually know because they're not real. Yeah. Like they were not, real. They were real, but they can't. Like, they can. They, they can't can, like measure their speed. Now. Sure, they can. They can't. They um, can run it through a computer program, they, like they um, like Weird Science. No. They don't know. They can do models. Not accurate ones because they don't have one to model. Oh, they can. They got bones. They can um, work it out. They got bones. They can work it out. They got bones. You don't think they could accurately tell how fast a velociraptor could run? Not accurately. They could make a prediction, but I don't think it's very accurate. Oh, I'll bet it's within a tenth right. of a mile. Well, that's all the movies I want to talk about. What did you guys mm. watch? I did believe I this is about 40 miles per hour sprinting, but. It does seem to be more like in the 25 mile an hour on a just really, like, what would you say, fast? Yeah, but these are these are genetically modified velociraptors. Oh, so you're going to pull that card. Oh, there you go. I don't think they okay. are. I thought they were just normal velociraptors. I think they're all, those dinosaurs are all genetically modified. Maybe. Yep, okay. Yep. If but you, he's like making... Even in the original dinosaurs, they had to splice a certain gene to fill the The frog gap. or the insect or something. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So why Whatever. wouldn't they? Why when, wouldn't when they're they? designing a death trap um, vacation resort park with dinosaurs, why wouldn't they go, hey, let's add some fucking jet airplane fuel into a velociraptor so they can uh, run faster? I, I don't tell you. I'm thought, telling you. I thought it was a little far-fetched for no. a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, that's... That's that's the action. You're a little far fetched for a Jurassic that's Park right. movie, which are already <laughs> very far fetched. He said that with a straight face. But that too. was a bridge too far. He said that with a straight face. Now keep in mind, I was already not enjoying the movie. <laughs> when the horses ran on the giant star destroyer in the middle of space, that was a little too far. That was that was a bridge too far. I was like, how are these horses running on a star destroyer? They're in space. That doesn't make any I mean, I'm all for the lightsabers that don't work, greener life, and the and the force ghosts and all Scott's that. Scott's building a I'm lightsaber, in. dude. I'm right. in with that. And then, these horses on this star destroyer that doesn't make sense. And if that lightsaber doesn't actually work for two hundred bucks, I'm gonna be pissed. If really? Scott doesn't bring back <laughs> one that like just slices the table. Uh, I want to be able to stick it into a blast door and it melts the. Yeah, it melts it up. It doesn't do that. Uh, 
All right. right. We should probably talk about some it, comics. Anything else to watch wise? I'm I'm all tapped out there. I'm tapped out. Okay. All right. What, what Unless you guys want to talk about the controversy of Big Brother. I don't watch that one. I don't watch that one. Oh, I do. Well, I might not anymore. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, we could do some comic news. Did you see Usagi is going back to Dark Horse? No, why? I don't know, because Stan Sakai made some deal with Mike Richardson. He's going to get his own imprint now. A Usagi imprint. They're going to do, like, Chibi yeah. Usagi and some Usagi spinoffs. I didn't like Usagi at IDW anyway. What did you like about it? Is it going back to black and white, or is it going to keep doing I don't the know. color? I don't know. It should be black and white. It should never I be like color. color. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Okay, fair. I did not know that, though. When is it going back? They didn't give a date, but dude, that dude, they did announce it. That dude's gotten really popular, and he makes bank. Who? Sakai. Does he? How did he get real website? popular? I don't know. Like... I guess on Facebook, he's all over it, so I just assume that he's popular. With the TV show, probably. Cool. He's got like t-shirts and nice buttons and stickers and the chibi stuff takes off. Yeah. He had like uh, variant covers at like uh, Peach Momoko variant covers at like San Diego Comic Con that sold out. They were expensive. I think he's making his money now. His artwork is ridiculously expensive too. It like, used to be that bad. Yeah. Well, I got like little free sketches from him. I do too. Back in San Diego, you can days. sell those now online on eBay for like three, four hundred dollars. Really? Now, those little. Oh wow! Because he probably costs, he probably charges like fifty or hundred dollars. Just a little remark now. Nice. I'm gonna totally sell. No, I Um, do you know who Jason Pearson is? The artist. Sounds familiar. He did body bags. That's what I was gonna say. Wow. And then do you know who? You should have said it. Well, I couldn't think of the name of it, but that's oh. what I was in She's my head. She's a newer artist, Afua Richardson. Afu Richardson. Yeah, you know yeah. I've heard of her. So anyway, she posted like a sketch that she did for like a convention on like Instagram or Facebook or something, and Jason Pearson came in and just started yelling at her that she hadn't paid her dues and she didn't deserve to be in the comic book industry, and that she's just a pretty face and that's the only reason she gets work, and just kind of ranted at her. Wow. Wow. And she said, well, I mean, I worked with, like, Neil Adams and all these people and kind of worked my way up. I've been doing it for, like, 10 years. I mean, I haven't been around for 30 years like you, but I don't know why the you're... Fuck you're is Jason I don't know why... He did body bags. She's like, I don't know why you're attacking me that I haven't paid my dues when I have paid my dues and I'm working and, and I don't know what your problem is. And so then, of course, he had to retreat and say, well, I don't know, I just was trying to complain about the industry and now everybody's attacking me and I'm canceled. And he cried. You've attacked her, so it's not. Yeah, I know. It was really, really What the fuck has he done other than body bags? I think he did a Kickstarter for body bags, which is like three years old, and he still hasn't delivered on. Other so he's that. Light belt. Ooh. I've hey. seen that he, you can buy something from him at New York Comic Con. It only costs 1300 and some dollars for a head sketch. Oh, wow. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a bargain. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Jesus. Why I'm stop guessing... at one? <laughs> I'd buy them all. Might as well. I'd corner the market on New York Comic Con Rob Liefeld head sketches. (laughs) How many can you crank out, buddy? What? Sell them on whatnot. What were you going to say about Rob Liefeld? Oh, his Kickstarter that when he... He never delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Like six years ago, he did. He's offering refunds if you want one. Oh, is he really now? Yeah, if you want a refund. Now he is? Yeah, you can get... I mean, I think it's been that way for the last year. You can get a refund if you want. I don't think so. Okay, maybe not. I think he was holding on to that money. Could be. He needs it. 
He really doesn't. I did get my, um, I finally got my, I haven't opened it yet, but I got my Heck Kickstarter from like four years ago. Yeah. It's, you know, Heck, the Heck Treasury or whatever. It's yeah. a, it's got a story by Matt Kent. It's got a story by. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. Who's the other dude that hangs out with him? Jeff Lemire? No. <laughs> Brian Hurt? Yes, Brian Hurt. It's like Jeff, or Jesus Christ, Matt Kent, <laughs> Look what you Brian, Brian Hurt, Hurt, and there's like some lady that I've never heard of, and they like each did a story. Oh, cool. And they did it like four years ago, and it finally, I finally, finally got it, like shipped. Cool. But they were adding more pages to it, yeah, so they like kept adding pages, Absolutely. and then Brian Hurt decided he really wanted to take his time, so he really made it pretty. Might as well. And then the pandemic hit, and then you couldn't print anything. People because say there that. was a paper shortage. Yeah. And then you couldn't ship anything because it was, like, stuck. So, yeah, I finally got my... I need to go back to Kickstarter and find out when I actually... Kickstarter? Kickstarted that because I bet it was at least... I bet it was at least two years ago. And I would venture to say maybe almost four. Well, Scott kickstarted a board game that I almost kickstarted. And I thought it was really late. Turned out it was only, like, two and a half years late. Oh, really? I was with you. I thought it had to be at least three. But I think I looked. But I think it funded in, like, the middle of 2020 and was supposed to deliver it, like, in December of 2020. So, I mean, it's only, like, a year and a half. Oh, wow. And you expect it to be, like, six months late, at least. So, it's really only, like, a year late. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Which, 2020? I thought. You can look it up. Maybe wow. I'm wrong. But I thought that's no, what no. it was. Yeah, you're probably I could be off right. by a year. It just seems like yeah, it that seems was longer. longer. But it did seem, you're right, that that one was a very long... I think it's because they d- announced that delay of, like, they had to fix the gameplay. And so that kind of that's why made I, it feel longer. That's why I thought it was... But I could totally be long. wrong on my dates. So I'm just saying. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It might even Heck, be, like, 2019, but... Heck Treasury. Wow. All right, I'm going to switch. This project was... talk about some actual comic books not just comic book news you're the one that brought up news i thought i had a couple of things i thought i'd hit Asset, acetate acetate gate no i was not gonna talk about acetate gate mm. i thought we talked about that last week probably no. i just like to say it acetate gate acetate gate he said it really poorly yeah the first time i did it's only three years ago so oh, okay. it the project successfully funded on August of twenty nineteen. Oh, so I was a so, year off. I was thinking. So well, no, mine was, was September of twenty nineteen. But it was so supposed to deliver in just de- like December of twenty nineteen, right? Um, I don't even know. It's hard to tell. On the if you hit app, the view so. view rewards, it should tell you the date. Yeah, exactly. But that's part of the problem on this stupid ad uh, thing. It doesn't really all right tell you very well on it. Tell, you read a so, bunch of shit. So I did read us. a bunch of stuff. Scott read something, though. Scott I did, did have a couple of things that okay. I read for a change. That's we'll cool. talk about the first thing I read, which was Jesus Freak. Yeah. I read Jesus Freak by Joe Casey and Benjamin Mara. Uh-huh. When you said Benjamin Mara, I was like, oh, I kind of like his stuff. It's yeah. just kind of off the hook, right? Not that. <laughs> Not that, because he's really big about the action. There's only like three pages of action <laughs> in this book. So the concept... Which is three more pages of action you would expect in a book called Jesus Freak. It's true. That's about Jesus and so, John the Baptist. So Jesus Freak is about... And Herod. It's about Jesus and Herod and John the Baptist. And Jesus is kind of just wandering around, kind of finding himself. Well, it turns out Jesus is also really good at Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. 
And at some point, he has a lot when of he tries them. to rescue John the Baptist, he runs into some weird lizard people. Yes. And he must use his kung fu powers to beat the lizard <laughs> to people. To beat the lizard people. And he does in a bloody fashion. But beyond the kung fu and the lizard people, it's basically kind of a retelling of Jesus' early years with John the Baptist. <laughs> yes, it is. But, so it's like a Jesus story, but with lizard people and kung fu. It's nice. almost like... Uh... Which sounds cool in theory. The problem is Joe Casey wrote this. Right. And Joe Casey loves the sound of his own voice. And so he fills it up with a lot of words and poetic narrative stuff. And just, there's, it's pretty dense. It's fairly dense for a Kung Fu Jesus book. Like if it was like half like Kung Fu lizard fighting people with a few words, this book would be cool. But unfortunately it's not that. Mm -hmm. So if you go in thinking it's that, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus Freak was a bit of a letdown. Because you got Benjamin Mara drawing it. And you're like, Kung Fu Jesus with Benjamin Mara? Lizard people? I'm in. Right. But that's only like three pages. And the rest is kind of like a fairly accurate retelling of Jesus' life or that early years, which is kind of weird. I know. But it's unique. It's something different. I was going to try to keep That's not your everyday comic book. I was going to try to keep it for the Benjamin Mara library. (laughs) But I think this is going straight into the... Do you have a Benjamin Mara library? Uh... I did. Oh, I had cool. two. Two? Would, that, would that be three? Th- no, this would be two. That would be two? I think. So the library's fairly small. Right. And it's getting smaller. Because <laughs> you're not keeping that? This is going into... Well, this will never kinda, sell. That's kind of I don't think I can sell I this to anyone. All you have to do is tell people, hey, it's Benjamin Mara. It's like Jesus, Kung Fu, fighting lizard people. And they will buy it. Nobody, and then they will read it and be very disappointed. Nobody at Aircap is going to buy... No, that probably sell heroes. It just reminds me. Uh, That's where ever, I bought it. That's where it would sell. Have you ever read uh, anything from Christopher Moore? He does a bunch of yeah. satire type things or whatever, but he does just goofy things. And he has this one called like the story of like Biff, Christ's childhood friend or Jesus's childhood friend. And like the first thing is he's like. Yeah, when I met Jesus, he was sitting next to his brother, and his brother was whacking a lizard on the side of a rock, and then Jesus was putting it in his mouth, bringing it back to life. <laughs> and he's like, he goes up to him and he goes, can I do that? And Jesus says, which part? The smack on the rock or put it, bring it back to life? <laughs> See, that would be funny. I didn't know you had this those. Book, would you like one? No. The problem no. Do you just have one? I have two. Oh. There's Maybe. no satire, we'll Scott. There's no satire. It's not humorous. It's played completely uh, straight. Ooh, like, it's weird. totally straight. Like, it's almost like a historical retelling. And then they just throw in, like, the kung fu and the lizard people. Yeah. But I think he turns into Jim Morrison on acid in the desert eating peyote. And, and then possible. he fights the lizard people. I think it's all in his head. It's like a Doors thing. Yeah, I think Jim it's Morrison. a Doors thing. That makes sense. Hmm. All right, so I did one. Spells do one. God. I have something? I don't know. You said... Scott's like, I actually read stuff this time. Ooh, you read Iron Face. Yeah, I did. It didn't take very long. It's not a lot nope, of orders. He remembers nothing about it. I don't really He's looking it. at it. He's like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm sure I did read this, but what the hell was this about? The, um, the guy that's yeah, like a the guy murderer. Got like a, and then the you know, police riveted his iron yeah. to his face. face. Now, now he's, iron he's like Iron Face, and he just goes around blowing up the entire city of New Jersey yeah. or wherever the heck. Yeah, yeah. 
the, yeah. the city of New Jersey. <laughs> did you get that? City of New Jersey. Did you say city of New Jersey? I think I did. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you got the joke. That's the joke. Because New Jersey's not, not a city, city. It's a city. state. Yeah. But it's pretty much a city. Practically, but... It's more like a suburb of New York, really. I mean, now it is, yeah. Pretty much. Is that where all the cops live? Yeah, all the... All the... I especially liked the old 80s ads, though, or whatever, that were Mm -hmm. speckled through here. Yeah. I can't even remember them now, but yeah, they they were amusing at the time. You're right. It's very quick read. Uh, The art is just, like, freaking crazy good, though, isn't it? I think so. And it did feel like a 10-year-old wrote it in some ways. Ian Chase Nichols. He's done a lot of tick work. Has he? He's drawn a lot of tick oh, stuff. Oh, wow. You got this at a Comic-Con. Tick is still coming out? Did. I like the fact that he signed it, like, in, uh, like, uh... White marker. Oh, but is that what it is? Raised. I thought it was, like, like whiteout. a... Whiteout, yeah. yeah. It's raised. Because it's raised, so I felt like it was, like, a whiteout. I think it is a whiteout. I think they call those, like, white gel pens or something. Yeah, a white gel pen. Ah. Fancy. Nice. I should Very get cool. one of those to start signing my books. You should. But Although, most of the Mr. Right covers are pretty... Then... <laughs> are pretty bright colors like that's on kind of dark so you kind of leave something yeah. that stands out well I think I'm just saying I think that I don't think the cover would hold it okay would it that's, I don't know dude I've never glossy? signed anything with a white gel do people ask you to sign your book at when you sell them <laughs> I've signed books but usually it's because I'm sitting there and Kim goes this guy worked on it you want him to sign it and they'll be and then Kim will just put a book in front of me he'll say hey sign this he even signs books. I've even signed books that I didn't even work on. Nice. It's like, Kim, I didn't do anything in this one. Like, ah, they don't know. <laughs> Sign it. What you got next? So Don was looking at this. This is I the, was. Why? X, the Uncanny X-Men Trading Cards, a complete series hardcover. Why did you book. buy that? I, so, I have fond memories of this trading card set. Okay. I was like, cool, a book with the whole set that I don't, because I don't have the cards anymore. Right. I got rid of them. So I was like, I like Jim Lee. I like X-Men. I like the set. This book looks cool. I think I'll buy it because it has all the cards in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I was mean, just curious why Why you would it. you buy it? I didn't buy it. Would you buy it? No. I, I don't think so. No. I would be interested to borrow yours to read. Right? That's, I just. The front of it. Yeah. But. You don't want to look at the cards? I. I think I have all the cards. If I really oh, you have it. them all. I, I'm just curious why you bought it. They because it was like a nostalgic kind of indulgence. Purpose. Okay, that's wow. That's it cool. comes with a bunch of cards. It does like three, but they're like special edition, not part of the set. They're the signed by Jim Lee in the back. They are. That's a uh, photocopied though. <laughs> I think he actually sat down and signed. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, it's what? funny. They have a lot of uh, commentary on the cards, but it's all by, like, the colorless, colorist. Oh, okay. They couldn't get Jim Lee to commentate on anything. No, because he fucking died when he did all those. But wouldn't that make a good story to, like, say, yeah, I almost died doing this card. But Paul Mounts is the color. He was, like, kill- he, like, killed himself to do those cards. It made it sound was, like, like it wasn't doing... quite that bad. But, yeah, at the time, it sounded like he was killing himself. I don't know who's. What's interesting about those cards is they were none of them were inked by Scott Williams. They're all all Jim Lee, which was kind of cool because he didn't do a lot of that. So it kind of is like a raw, you know, more less less refined Jim Lee. Well, I think it's because they're so small. He didn't think he really needed an inker. But uh, one thing that was disappointing about this book was the size. Yeah. 
part of the reason I got it because I thought, oh, it'd be car- cool to see the cards like bigger. Well, then they make the book really small, and even within the pages, they don't make the card take up the page. They make they it don't. about the same size as a card would have been. That's yeah. the stick with this book. It's dude. a little bit bigger, and so like it's kind of like well, if you're gonna make a like a coffee table type book of these cards, why wouldn't you make the cards bigger so you could see the Ooh, art? Better? I have all the holograms too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wouldn't I that big money now. wouldn't that no, make sense? They really aren't. No, they aren't. Believe me, I've looked. Wouldn't that wouldn't that make <laughs> trying to get sense rid of them? To like make it the... would, but it's a card, so you make the book a card size. That's the gimmick. You go smaller, not bigger. But my point is, it should be like a cool coffee table art book. But yeah, that's not how they went. Do you know how much that would have cost you instead of twenty five? That would have. I would think it'd be like about the same price. Because I don't think it would cost that much more to make it slightly bigger. The, the oh, sure cardboard for the hardcover costs more because it's bigger. Most of the cost isn't in the materials. The paper costs more. Most of the cost isn't more in the materials. It's in the, the paper. It's not in the materials. It's in the manufacturing. They usually charge um, whatever. whatever size of font you they use. Do, the introduction <laughs> the and the, font the introduction by Ed Pisker is pretty interesting. Yeah. And then they have Bob Budiansky, who is the editor of them. And he kind of gets the whole story of how the cards came about and all that stuff. It's kind of interesting. It was like the biggest selling card set of all time. It was pretty well printed. I don't know if it's the biggest good. selling, but they said they like... Imagine if they would have put powers crap on and made it. it a damn deck building game. It would have sold tons. Not back then. People weren't <laughs> that ready That was prior to Magic. Yeah, I think it was not True. Ready. And they could have been the first ones. People weren't ready back then. They weren't ready for it, huh? No. You don't I mean, think so? Look at that... Uh, what was that uh, vampire... Jihad? Jihad. But that yeah. came out after That came out magic. after Magic. It was just a bad game. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad game. It was. I that got lots of cards of that. Oh, I'm sure it would have been a bad game. Well, the tapping hadn't been invented yet. They could have invented it. Well, they yeah, they could have, but they didn't. I'll do oh my one more. I have a ton of stuff. It's like arguing an, around a circle with you. <laughs> I wonder if I should this do the true. stuff I read first or the stuff I read last. <laughs> Would you talk about that second one now? Yes. I'm like very curious about this one. Into Radness. This I think is... I have that in this single issues. I think I bought it a long time really? ago. Really? Does it? Didn't that come it, out? I don't think it came out. I think you're thinking issues. of Offbeat Road. Or oh, I am. It looks exactly the same. Well, it's Jake Smith's. So this is Into Radness by Kyle Strong. Is that brand new? Jake Smith. Never it just been came published. Out, never been published. Yes. Well, fuck, I should have bought it then. You I didn't buy I it? I had it. No, I thought I already had it. Oh, no, it's brand new. That didn't come out in single issues in any form. No, they just put it out as of. a trade. Yep. Hmm. It is divided into four chapters that could have been single issues, though. I but followed Jake Smith on Instagram, and from what I remember, that was, yeah, he was just dropping it, and it was boom. See, I thought it was the other one. So Into Radness, it's a pretty basic story. Obviously, the draw for me is probably the art of uh, Jake Smith, because I enjoy stuff. But the story's fun. And the story is Kyle Strong? I think him and Jake did it together. Okay. But I think Kyle Kyle and him kind of came up with the concept. I don't know if Kyle scripted it and Jake, or Jake scripted it. I don't know how that creative endeavor worked. But they did it together. Jake drew all of it. I'm just going to say, I'm going to tell everybody, if you... Scott, if you buy a copy of this, you can get a double signed at Aircap because <laughs> both these dudes will be there. <laughs> well, you ought to tell everybody that. You ought to be like advertising that on the Facebook page. Absolutely. Into Radness, go buy it, and both these guys are there. You can meet both the guys. You can meet the guy who created Twig. We could do a Into. It says written by Kyle Strom, art okay. by Jake Smith. Oh, there you go. So Kyle wrote it and Jake drew it. Letters by Crank. Letters by Crank. 
Yes. So the basic idea is it's in the not too distant future, <laughs> and uh, there's this group of friends. They do like a YouTube channel, and they do like these videos where they blow up stuff or do weird st- pyrotechnics or whatever. I bet you it's Dylan, Trixie, and their friends. And they don't get a lot of views, but at the same time, there's like these weird ghost creatures not ghosts like slime ghosts supernatural type creatures who start taking over machines and they're at the mall and they end up fighting off these creatures that appear and it gets and they their filmmaker or the camera guys there he takes it and puts it on their page and it gets like a ton of hits or whatever you know so they become like instant internet sensations and there's another internet sensation guy who's been doing it for a long time who kind of takes him under his wing but he's kind of like a slimy dude and so the gist of the story is they're, like, trying to chase this internet fame dream, but yet as they're chasing the dream, the group is kind of breaking apart. Like, the reason they really got together to do it was because they were hanging out with their friends, and now it's becoming, like, this sort of thing. And there's lots of monster fighting and these weird creatures. That's that whole storyline of these creatures appearing. They have to, it's kind of like a Ghostbusters thing where they have to fight these weird It's like Ghostbusters creatures. meets Jackass meets... Kind of, yeah. A little doesn't bit. doesn't work. Yeah, but it's fun. It's a fun book. I mean, it's the art's really expressive and fun and just over the top. And so I liked it. I mean, it's not like uh, going to win any awards or anything, but it was a what? nice. It was a nice, fun it's read. It's going to win an air cap award and Absolutely. start handing them out. Absolutely. Handing them out. But do, yeah, no, it was, it was a fun book. I would recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a... Uh, I figured you would. I figured I would. We're going to do a, <laughs> an air capital package where you buy the book. And get a weekend pass and get it autographed by both dudes. Wow. I'll just have to round up Crank and get him there, too. Yes. There triple, you go. Round him triple up. signed. There you go. There you I, go. I think I did two, so I think it's... Jake Smith. Scott's turn to go games. He's got three things. You have one. I have one, and I'm I, not even really going to talk read, about it. Cause well, you I kind of looked at Kankor. I don't know that I really understood anything of the right? whatsoever. You're not but, supposed to. But uh, just I, look at there the were some pretty pictures. pictures. Yes, I, I would definitely say that that, you know, type things. Uh, it was cool in its own way there. But, yeah, I don't know that I could really recommend it or tell you what the hell it was about. But aliens, kind of, something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that so, I totally understand. I couldn't put into words what it is, but I get, like, a feel of it. Like, I kind of feel like I kind of understand. Like, Cancor's this weird creature, and he's like, takes on, like, the persona of other people, and there's all these other <laughs> that Cancors. That is so good. I know. There's all these other Cancors, which also are, like, are, like, archetype superheroes or whatever that he oh, kind of yes. fights with. Oh, and But, I mean, I couldn't, like, explain the plot to you. Yes. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, it has those little, uh, what would you call it, two uh, interludes or something like that. Yeah, like the slice of life. So I think the, it yeah. is like a, it's like a metaphor for um, Matt Allison's personal struggles with creating art and, you know, trying to... Break you know, into an industry. Break into an industry and try and basically battle his own demons that prevent him from being a productive, you know, cartoonist or whatever. Okay, okay. I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah, I could believe that. I could totally so, understand that. But... Uh, Yes, but the art in, in it is fantastic. Obviously, nothing the else art is the just, draw. That's right. It, nothing else. You just take it to look at the cool pictures, but yeah. really getting understanding if there's really a story here or anything or following something, I'm just not real sure. But but it's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you read it. I know it's not quite in your wheelhouse. But... Not really, but I do appreciate the art. Yeah, that's cool. 
Listen, I've read that probably three times now because I read it in single issues and he put out like a trade that had most of it and I read that and I read it again in the hardcover. Every time I read it, I feel like I get a little more. Like it definitely kind of rewards repeat. Repeat readings. Huh? Readings repeat a readings. little bit. But I still want to say I understand it completely. Hmm. Cool. That was quick. Um, that big chunk of stuff in there is just nuts. I just like saw that original artwork page of that. You did? Mm-hmm. And you yeah, didn't buy it? No, it was way too much money. I did read Kick-Ass, The New Girl, book four. God, that's which still is going? the end of it, thank God. Because okay. it feels like the first one was cool. Second one was kind of more of the same, but still fun. Third one was starting to get a little tired. Fourth one is like, okay, I'm glad it's over. Because it's just the same shit over and over. Yes. And this one, it's like they really, uh, yeah, Hit Girl comes back, and she's mad because this lady is taking on Kick-Ass's mantle, mantle, and she's a criminal, from what she can tell. Oh, because she's running a drug? Yeah, Hit Girl doesn't know that she's sort of on the inside, outside, or whatever. And so Hit Girl thinks she's a criminal, and so she's really trying to take her out. So it's basically her and Hit Girl fighting, and of course there's drug people trying to kill them both as well. Oh, yeah. Um... There is a frightening amount of lack of words. Like, I mean, there's, like, nothing to this. this. I mean, it's it's reads in, like, 15 minutes. Does it? Yeah, it's fast. Cool. So it's probably worth reading, but there's just not much substance Well, especially there. if it, like, all ends. It, it ends. does end. Yeah. yeah it wraps just, up the whole story. Can you just tell me what happens so I don't have to read no, it? No, because I'm going to read it, okay. and then I'll tell you what you happens. You tell me next to, well, you won't be here. Son of a bitch. I'm going to have to wait, wait a, a month, whole month. And I won't even I'll yeah. forget that it's I It's not anything cared. innovative. It's not like a Mark Miller story where there's like a cool twist or anything. Okay, it's cool. really just straight. Not going to miss anything. Yeah. But uh, all right, I'll do one more. I'll do the double. I read yeah. Black Hammer Reborn Part Lee, Did you like do nothing over your two? three-day holiday but read Jesus. I didn't read much over the three holiday actually. Wow. Also, so I you read, read all this beforehand, huh? Pretty much. I haven't read all that yet. The Black so Hammer. Don't spoil it. I'll I have them. I just you guys are huge it. Black Hammer fans. Are Black Hammer either, was good. You? I don't know about I liked this. It. But. This one was not as great as uh, the previous stuff. I didn't like it quite as much. So it's basically Black Hammer. It's the girl who took over the Black Hammer mantle from mm-hmm. her father. She's now middle-aged. And is not Black Hammer anymore. She's like a mom, and she has kids, and a husband who's a jerk, blah, blah, blah. And so it's kind of that midlife crisis so it's thing. those good old tropes. And there. so uh, she kind of starts getting dragged back into stuff. And so, obviously, she doesn't want to use her powers, but they keep dragging her back in. And there's, like, a whole... That, <laughs> I uh, tried to get out, but they dragged drag me, me back, back in. in. That, old, that weird, like... Androm- I don't know what that guy's name is. The weird old guy who like goes through the cosmos. He shows up and starts telling her weird stuff. And oh. I don't know the bag. The big anti god is Ooh, coming back. Apparently, this is only two parts of a three part story, so it's not quite over. There's oh, no good more god. trade. So, Why did you read that then? Well, I didn't know that <laughs> it was the third part. I just thought, look, more Black Hammer. <clears throat> I need to catch up on my Black Hammer. But yeah, it wasn't the greatest. It was kind of. Kind of disappointing, you know? 
But you should no, really no, tell no. me what you think. You gotta wait for the third part. I'm not taking that. What? Yet. You're not taking it yet? <laughs> no, because I'll forget then by the time that the other one comes out and be like, oh yeah. Ugh. And I think he's doing like one more like end of last days of Black Hammer story that's supposed to kind of wrap up the whole Black Hammer thing. thing you but I don't know when that's gonna happen. I think he Black was publishing Hammer. on his Substack, which he has everything. I read Ghost Cage yes. um, by some people. What do you think of Ghost Cage? Uh, art is. Nick Dragota, right? Yeah, I like Nick Dragota. I guess he co-wrote it, though, as well. Yep. I didn't even realize that at the time. Uh, this is... I don't know what I thought of this. The art is really cool. At first, it took just a little bit for me to to get into this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's slow or anything, but it just took a little bit to kind of get into just the overall... What would you say? Kind of exaggeration you know yeah. type of things that are that are in it i mean the, the base thing on this is basically <clears throat> that the city probably perhaps the world is all controlled by this tower where all the power and energy is at you know so things that power up everything around us and that this th this tower has levels which are different types of energy and Basically, the guy who's kind of controlling this and owns this tower is trying to create yet another type of energy or something like this to try to take the place of all the rest. And it's all done in more of a physical form of how this type of thing is. And so this new item is breaking through the other versions of old energy like coal and nuclear and wind and all this type of stuff and trying to basically you know kind of win the battle to be the the one energy but at the time the, also though the case is like all good capitalists they want to be the only one that owns the energy in the world but of course this guy who's kind of trying to do it is basically a computer to basically kind of take over the world so so there's a lot of like different little themes going on in here at the end it, you know you could kind of say the good guy saved the day you know and that there's kind of like this i guess free clean power you know in a way you know aspects <clears throat> that are out there uh which is the utopia that i think all of us expected would want to have you know in some ways but uh but you know i think it's a little bit of a commentary on you know kind of where we're going with the capitalistic you know power sources and use of uh fossil fuels and things of this nature and trying to be more towards using clean fuel and and uh you know watch how much we're you know uh, dependent on technology and things like that but at least maybe i got a little bit of a, it it's the good thing about it is it's doesn't i don't feel like it overstays its welcome it just for whatever reason took me a little bit to kind of get into once it starts moving i felt like it moved at a really good pace and it was kind of one of those things that once you kind of get in there and you start getting it in a little bit, it's like, okay, well, it's not very long. I'll just go ahead and kind of finish it off. I don't know that it really grabbed me and I liked it, but it wasn't like it was totally awful. Like, it was like, okay, this is dumb. I'm putting it off to the side, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Just, and the artwork kind of keeps you the going. The artwork is cool. Because it is very cool. I just feel like the make. story's kind of basic and there's not much substance there. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've almost... You're right. It is very basic. There's not a whole lot there, you know, type things in depth. But it's almost just more of, like I say, a fable in some ways. Yeah. You know, type things. Where it's not trying to be too deep, you it's know? It's not. I agree with that. It's not trying to be yeah. too deep. A fable or a parable or whatever the heck else, you know, in some aspects. I have a lot of comics. They're all coming back to me. 
So I don't know. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means, but it wasn't great either. Yeah, I would say that is accurate. Did you buy that in single issue? I did. I haven't read it yet. Is it in black and white? It It is. I mean, it is kind of a letdown. Oh no. I, I it's fine. It, I, I thought it worked very well. As Your Berserk book is in black and white. You'll complain about that. With the detail and everything else that's in that, I I, I don't know. I I would be afraid. It's of not a color. mainstream comic. But thing. I feel like it's in black and white. You know what's funny though is because they don't want to pay a colorist. You know though, the maybe it's just me getting old or whatever. That looks else, a lot but, better. But no, I don't know. I I've come to appreciate some of the detail and other work. You know, line work and stuff that they can do with you know, the black and white that just sometimes gets overshadowed um, by the color, or, yeah. or you know, just uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only comic that should be black and white is Cerebus and Sin City. Bone was it in black and white? I don't even know. They colorized it. Did they? Uh, maybe Stray Bullets is good in black and white, but I can appreciate some color on Stray Bullets. But yeah, Cerebus and uh, Sin City can be black and white. And Berserk. It's got to stay black and white. Further, it should be color. Yeah, with all that blood in it. Yeah, yeah. I guess just all over the place. We should talk about berserk, Don. Okay. Some more sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, this this one gets pretty gnarly at the beginning. Um, sex, drugs, and blood. See, he's not even here. He doesn't even care about it. He doesn't, does he? You only had like one thing, (laughs) and the minute that you get to talk about it, he's gone. It cares about it. Jeez. Um, it's probably because he's going to read it someday. Is that he is, is not going to read that. You don't think so? No. You're looking at it backwards. I know. Um, That's part I, of the fun. I wanted to read the end first. And I'm just going to bad time until he gets back and make him listen to really? it. Really? I think that's probably a good idea. Holy cow, though. Look at that type I know. stuff. You enjoying all the, the, the... How are you enjoying the story, though, in general? I mean, it just is... Eh. Now what what volume is this? Is this, this three? Is five. I this believe. is five. And huh? I'm happy. How do you know? Because it says it on the. Does right it? There. Is it actually in English? It does have like a. And look right there. Wow. Okay. Well, two places. Cool. Two marked twice. Um. Yeah, it's fine. It's. It's fine. It's. You're not loving this uh, like you once were. I I am, and then. So at the end of this one and the beginning of the next one, he did like this kind of fairy, fairy story, and I'm not too crazy about that one. You don't but care about it's fairies, huh? Pretty much over. Sounds like you're kind um, of racist there. Yes, they're well, they're. Is that species? They're not. Um, huh? Is that species? They're not. Um, fairies? Uh, there's not like enough. I guess they are a different race. There's not enough. Hey, look, it's that one guy from the Sandman type of thing. Just yeah. now as a. Animals. There's not enough uh, diversity in the fairies. Uh, they're all problem. just regular. They're all just white, white people. Fairy. They're just regular white fairies. White with blonde hair. Um, so this one wraps up. So I think in the in the last one, the main character uh, released the bailet and made the sacrifice and turned and he made um, uh, guts. Our main guy. He's cursed now. Like. The spirits and stuff. We kind of caught up to the beginning of the book now. Because at the very beginning of the first book, we knew that he was cursed, but we didn't know how. And so these you know four cursed. books have told the story about how it got to the way it is. And now, eventually, he will 
get even with that dude, I guess. I don't know. So now I've got, like, six volumes of fill-in until we get to that point, I would imagine. Oh, but my God. I know, right? But it's cool. It's monsters, horror, uh, scary, like, just fantasy-type manga stories. I mean, it's good. The art's cool. Um, and I'm digging the story. He's got that big, giant sword. Some girl got, like, totally screwed by some type of freaking demon. I mean, that lasted, like, a goddamn... Yeah, I know. Freaking That was, like, a whole pages. book. I don't know. Yeah. It gets pretty... Is that Darth Vader? It looks like Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Um, kind of, sort of. I mean, I don't really know. Like, I can't... Like, And, like, I was telling Scott, then... It, after they do all that, then it's kind of just his hell? adventures. Did he, like, lose an arm? He, he just, did lose, like, he did entire, lose an arm. Yeah. Like, he just fights big, giant demon monsters that you never think he's going to be able to beat. And is he going to get, like, a and, chainsaw that he, like, connects there or something like yeah. that? No, he has a can. He has a gun, though. Like, it's a gun, it's okay. It's a cannon that pops down. There you go. Yeah. So rocks. we've kind of caught up to the beginning of the story. We got all the backstory, and now we'll move forward and see where it ends. But, uh, yeah, it's basically the adventures of Guts now that he's cursed. And the demons come at night, and, there's and he has of these to destroy them. I believe 12? there's going to be eleven or twelve. Uh, eleven or twelve, and you're it five. went, huh. it went like forty-one manga volumes. Yeah, and each one of these has three. Cool, in it. So, and the guy died. So now his like assistants are finishing it. I think he finished it. I don't know. No, I think his assistants are finished. Gotcha. I think it's finished. Yeah, probably. There wow. might be 13. Cool. 13 or 14. I don't know. But all the hardcovers are not out yet. They're not all out yet, no. I've okay. caught up oh, to what's up? out. I've pre-ordered really? one. I own them. I just haven't read them. Oh, Like, gotcha. they're stockpiled at my house, ready to be gotcha. opened and read. So what's the last thing that came out? I think I have 9 or 10. Okay. And I think I've ordered like eleven, maybe. You think that's the last one. I don't think so. No, because I would only take yeah, thirty-three. I think it's got to go to like twelve Jeez. or thirteen. I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know, dude. I'll just keep buying them until they stop coming out or I die. I guess. My biggest fear would be that they they put out or stop at the end and you don't get to finish the cool story. It better not the hardcovers. The fairies came back. I, I guess know. at that point I would buy the whatever. I understand. To just read it. Wouldn't that be sad disappointment, though? Well, yeah. They don't have the whole thing in hardcovers? Yes. The art in this thing, though, is just so freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to wait till they're all out, and then it becomes like a cure, and then I can just sell, like, 14 volumes for, like, I don't know, $100,000. At least. At least. Did you see they finally are going to do the Savage Dragon Ultimate Collection hardcover? No. Yes, it's in the latest previews. Really? Yeah. How? I don't have the new previews yet because okay. of my Epping order. Did you hear the question about it? Yeah. How, how much is it? Is it's it like, oversized? It's oversized. It's like issues? the Invincible hardcovers. Okay. It's going to be like the first three issue series, and I think then eight or nine issues. So like 10 or 11. They're going to collect 12 issues? 11 or 12, yeah. And it's going to have a bunch of like behind the scenes, back matter, kind of like the Invincible What's the price on it? Thirty nine nine nine. Holy shit. What? That's cheap. I mean, that's what they're... Well, right, I know, but I'm thinking... I always think of, The oversized hardcovers, yeah. I always think of, like, an omnibus or whatever. It's not an omnibus. Yeah, because it's only, like, 12 issues. omnibus is, like, 
a hundred seventy five. Yeah, but those are having a ton more issues in them. Right. Yeah. So, so it's gonna be kind of like invincible with like twelve holy issues or so. Shit, that's gonna be a lot. If he does all of the whole series, yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that he'll do the whole series. I mean, well, then why would you do that? Well, I think he will try to. I mean, I'm sure it will depend on how they sell. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You get like three in. Yeah. Well, going. like Spawn. Well, see, he kept saying Spawn. that he wasn't going to do that, and so I went ahead and bound my single issues yeah. because he said oh, I'd have to like recolor them or because the why color would you files were lost. And so, so now he said he, anyway. he said he got them recolored. Until the movie comes out, and then they'll just go... Actually, some of those old ones are kind of... the, the Like, the mid-ones that are real real rare, some of those are worth money. But. Really? Hey, why would you do that? Why would I buy them? Yes. I wanted them in hardcover, but uh, he said he wasn't going to put them out in hardcover. Uh, and now he is. Does that, that pains me. Well, this Spawn did, uh, the, did those the, the, hardcovers. They did versions. They, they, like, they had, like, three versions. They had, like, the... Did you bound your paper? Well, too. They had the hardcovers, and then they had, like, the deluxe hardcovers. Right. But then they also did trades. And they did trades. And now they're doing the compendiums. But I have the hardcovers, but they only did, like... Actually, he started back up. He resolicited. He just solicited, The like, deluxe ones? A new, yeah, deluxe... No. Just no. the hardcovers. Yes. Yeah. But he did, like... If they did 10 or 11... Yeah. He did number 13 or whatever. Cool. I don't know if he's picking it back up and yeah. he can keep going, but buy I'll them. buy him, I guess, because I have the first 12. 12? Yeah. Why stop at 12, Scott? It only Oof. took... But he stopped doing that like 10, I don't yeah. know, 5, 10 years ago. Now well, pr- well, the problem up. with those type of things is when you have a long run like that, you got to keep them in print because, like, who's going to buy... 12 if you right. don't have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, yeah. 11. So, like, the distributor runs out of, like, 10, and you're like, okay, i got to reprint 10 so that I can... It's the same problem with, like, Cerebus has because it's such a small book. It's like, okay, well, i got to keep all this crap in print because no one's going to buy one if they can't get all of them, and no one's right. going to buy 12 if they can't get one, and so you got to constantly be reprinting that stuff. Yeah. And so it's just kind of comes a hassle to keep all that stuff in print. Yeah. Unless you have a big publishing... Empire like Marvel or DC. I think Image is pretty much a big publisher. Well, I mean, Tom McFarlane has some money, obviously. Cause, but, I mean, Eric Larson, I mean, he's pretty rich, but he's not... He can't just throw money away on everything. I mean, he's got to... Right. He's got to, you know, be smart about it. I got you. I read Echo Lands. That's got a cool look. Is that six? It? Six issues of this. It's all in the landscape letterbox, mm-hmm. double page. I have the single spreads. issues. Yeah, I read the it. Artist on this? I think you read the first J. one. J.H. Williams. I read Ooh. the first one. J.H. Williams, Williams the, the third. third. Huh. He's famous for doing some Batgirl, and he did Promethea with Alan Moore. And he's famous for like his really cool like layouts and stuff. Like when he did Batwoman, he did these really cool like funky layouts. And this one, he takes it to like the next level with the double page landscape spread. Oh, I didn't finish her in that. It's so the idea of this story, it's like some kind of future apocalyptic type it's state. It's fucking crazy artwork in but the book. But for some it, reason... Yes. Do you own the original like series or something? Or it just came out. This okay. just came... No, I bought the single issues. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. No. So fine. how do you read this in single issues? Do you put it side? They're landscape. Kind of yeah, like they're it? landscape. Or do they... they it, they're, they're printed just like they're this. They're printed just like yeah. that. Yeah. That just is wild. Yeah. As a single issue type thing. Hmm. Anybody else do that? Has that happened several times? Not very often. They've done it before. There was an X-Men annual that was landscaped. 
Yeah, but most of the time when I see the landscape, they still have it bound on, like, the top, and you're kind of, like, flipping like this or something weird, but... Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I, they're, they're not very often, but there have been landscape okay. comic books. A few. Yeah, it's pretty rare. So, it's like some kind of weird future world, and there's some wizard guy who's kind of, like, uh, can, trying to control everything. But there's all these different, like, worlds. There's, like, horror world, and there's, like, an old Chicago, like, gangster world, and then there's... You know, different, like, genre-type, you know, trope worlds. There's, like, a fantasy world that this elf... And so this group old of West? people... Eh, there might be an Old West. But this, like the are the elves <laughs> Caucasian? Yeah, that's the elf lady right there. That's the horror lady. She's a vampire. She's got blue hair. She's this guy's, like, a Kirby-type, like... I world. saw there was some kind of Kirby-esque there's artwork like a Kirby in there. That's world. really cool looking. And then on the back, there's like a robot world full of art. Voltron. Art. Yeah, like a Voltron type Shogun thing. Shogun Warriors. So the idea, there's this world, but there's all these separate worlds. And then this the girl, this girl, the red girl in red, she somehow steals like an artifact from this wizard guy. And then she's on the run with her group of misfits. And each one of her group of her misfits is from like a different world. So they're, of course. They're up from... And so they're on the run, they're like thieves, and so then the wizard and his daughter are trying to chase her down, and so basically it's her on the run for the six issues, trying to get away with her group of people, and people are dying, and there's some, you know, division in the ranks type of thing, and so um, that's the basic idea. The story is not super complicated. Um, The characterization is okay, but still not the greatest, but the art is really cool. I think the selling point is the art. I'm hoping I'll probably buy the next one, even though this one wasn't super. Wait, it's more than just one. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is like a continuing series. J. Um, H. Williams did. um, Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. He did um, the Sandman Overture. Oh yeah, he did do that as well. With Neil Gaiman. And it took forever to come out. Yeah, I'm amazed. His artwork is just so detailed. He did this on his own. I I know. Well, it's funny. Like at some point, he has. He has his playlist uh-huh. of what he listened to. Those are in the single issues. Issue. And it's like all these albums on vinyl. Uh-huh. I mean, he listened to a lot of stuff. This is just one issue. He probably listened to <laughs> 50 albums while he drew one issue. I mean, I don't know. That's that's probably more than that. Probably like 80, 100 albums. So it probably took him 100 hours per issue, which I guess isn't that bad, really, if you think that's about it. That's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, you could count him. But he listened to a lot of music while he drew these but I don't know, it's cool. The art's cool. The story, I wish there was a little more substance, but it's a neat idea, and it it kind of feels like it's just an excuse for him to draw like a bunch of different styles and different things, and I'm sure it is. And so, I don't know. We'll see. I, like I said, I'll probably buy the next one just because I think the art's really cool, and um, I think it's kind of amazing just the way he does mm-hmm. his work. It's but, very beautiful. But I out. wish... I wish, color for Don, for Drew I wish there was a little more substance to it. Or that, or that I had had a little more connection to the characters. Actually, for Scott, they actually reprinted the issues. They did second printings, and they did just black and white. Oh. Did they really? I believe so, yeah. They did. Uh, that book sold pretty good. Yeah, I think it did pretty well. I mean, it's J.H. Williams. He's pretty popular. Um, and then I ran out of stuff to read before some of my stuff came, and so I started reading old stuff. I was gonna say mostly going alphabetical. Before, so are you rereading stuff? Yeah, I'm rereading stuff, mostly alphabetical. So they're all A books. All right. Why did you only read? 
one of a distant <clears> soil. <throat> I didn't want to read all the distant soil at once. I wanted to kind of read some variety. <laughs> okay. So I read volume one of a distant soil, which is the remastered edition. Like she's redid all the art, like as far as like printing, like she scanned it all in high uh-huh. res and printed. Is it this fantasy? <clears throat> Distant Soil. Well, I've never read that. You guys have never read a Distant Soil? I've never read it. No. <clears throat> it almost and like Scott's Twilight. never heard of it. So this is by Colleen Doran. It has an introduction by Neil Gaiman. And she started this book when she was like 13 or 14 and started publishing when she was like 16, 17. And it's still not done. She's been basically doing it as a as her side gig for like, you know, 40 years or whatever. Oh, wow. It started like in the 80s. And... She's still working on it, trying to get it finished. I think there's just a few issues left, but she's still not Can done. I see it? Yeah. I flip through the it. basic idea is... I think it's in black and white. It's science fiction fantasy. It is black So <sighs> there's these two kids, and their dad was an alien, and they're offspring of his, so they have part alien in them. Well, the aliens are like this weird, omnipresent, like alien empire with like all these weird culture and they're kind of they have like these elites in their culture and then there's all the poor unwashed and you know it's a big sort of class system well anyway within these elite aliens there's this person called like an avatar who's like the embodiment of all their power and psychic power and god they're like the jesus like ruler figure but not really a ruler but being manipulated by all the other factions but they're kind of like the godhead or whatever Hmm. you know and so Anyway, these kids, one of the kids is like the next avatar. And so they're trying to find this kid and come back to Earth to find her, kill her, whatever. Well, it turns out the avatar guy, he's actually trying to rebel. He's trying to raise like a rebellion because he's not into this whole society class system. So he comes to Earth and he tries to find these two kids and then they get like a ragtag group of like humans to kind of help fight the rebellion they gather them all together so this book is basically just gathering up the forces and then eventually they're going to go back to the main mothership and they're going to try and overthrow the government society or whatever but at this but then it's like neil gaiman did it really well in the introduction he's like yeah when i was like 12 had this cool story this really complex story about like all these different like jewel Chris magical crystals and there were all these characters and they were going to go like, you know, find all this stuff. You know, I never wrote that story because it was like this big giant unwieldy thing that would have taken me like, you know, it had all the cool stuff I liked as a 12 year old, but it didn't really work. And it was like really expansive. He's like, so I never wrote that story. He's like, but Colleen Doran, she apparently came up with this story when she was 12 and she's just decided to create that story for the rest of her life. And so at one point, like, the knights of the round table, like Galahad or some, or Gawain or someone, somehow he comes into the, like, regular world through, like, some portal, and he's, like, with the group, like, she's got some knight, because apparently when she was 12, she, like, knights of the round table, so she threw one of them into the story, you know. She had a potty mouth when she was 12. A little bit. And so, I mean, it's kind of like everything in the kitchen sink type of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's cool, I mean, it's interesting, I mean, like I said, I started reading this in the late 80s early 90s probably and i just kind of waiting for it to finish and so i didn't really remember much of it but it's some of it kind of you know okay hold up is it good it's okay i mean it's good i enjoy it i still want to finish the story obviously because i've been waiting for 30 years but um we'll see how we go i mean it's it's not bad it's still really well done colleen doran's a great artist as well and she's a decent writer and it's an interesting thing America's Got Powers, I read that. I'll do it real quick. It's basically 
You remember Rising Stars? Stars it's kind of like that. Like, this big jewel appears and starts giving all these babies who are just born power. So there's, like, this whole generation of people that have powers. Like, you know, 300, 400 kids or whatever in the San Francisco area. So the government's trying to figure out how to control so them. all in America. So they try and... So the government has an idea to have a game show where, they, where these kids can compete to be on the premier super team. <laughs> and so it's like America's Got Talent, America's Idol, but with oh, superheroes okay. and they have to okay. fight and they have to earn their way onto the super team. And of course the government is this oppressive, like, controlling organization. You know, they start to rebel and then blah, blah, blah. And there's a big fight and there's different factions. And it's only like six or seven issues. But I mean, it's a, it ends. I mean, it's like kind of one-and-done type of story, but it's nothing super uh, original, I would say. Um, but it's... I th- I thought it was well done and pretty entertaining. And it's Brian Hitch is the artist. He did uh, The Ultimates. Mm, so I like his yes. art quite a bit. I knew the name sounded familiar. He I just couldn't a, place it. He's a good artist. I enjoy yeah. his stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's nothing like right home about, but it's a decent, fun, kind of postmodern superhero story. And the last thing I read, I read American Born Chinese, um, which is by Jean Lun Yang. And it's basically his is sort he of... Chinese? I think he is Asian American. <laughs> I don't know. I think he, he is like Chinese. A, he was like uh, the... Oh my God. Under Obama, Obama appointed him like the library oh. something. Of, wow. I don't remember what it's called. This came out before that title thing. stuff. But uh, this is basically his sort of autobiographical... Haven't we listened to this review before? No. Yeah. Pretty sure. It's like Slice of Life. It's a Slice of Life autobiographical about his struggle of being a grown-up, being a Chinese kid in America. And he does this cool, like, uh, flashbacks between... um, What the show's based on. He's got like a... (laughs) got like a chinese monkey kung fu godlike guy that he does these little stories about that kind of ties into the main story and i don't know it's interesting it's definitely coming of age slice it. of life let me see it. chinese american i need to broaden my horizons yeah it's probably worth reading <laughs> i need to be cultural you racist but i don't know i like that book a long time ago and i still kind of enjoy it okay you know what all right never mind yeah all right. that's oh, all i got yeah. i'm not even gonna go there but it's a pretty quick read. It's fairly straightforward. I think it might have been a webcomic, maybe, when it started. That wouldn't surprise me. Because I know he was big on webcomics. Based off that format and things. Yeah. Is it over? Like, is it his yeah, whole it's life? A, yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's just about his kind of coming of age, adolescence. Coming to terms with his uh, heritage. and You know, I think I think there's a lot of pressure when you're that, when you stand out to try and fit in and... You try not to be Chinese, you know, because you want to be like all the other kids and not be made fun of or stand out. And so it's kind of him realizing, embracing his, you know, individuality and that he's not like everybody else. Gotcha. It's good. Won, it won a bunch of awards. Did. And you tried to peel it off or something? It looks yeah, like. I think it's coming loose. I don't know. I didn't do that. Probably when you set it on a shelf, that embossment, like, hits, and it just pops out or something. Publisher Weekly's best book of the year. Wow. Whatever that means. It means nice. it sold a lot of comic books. I bet it didn't sell that many. All right, Fables. Did you read Fables? I did. Or is this one in which you read the wrong one? I, I read the literals one. The great Fables crossover? Man, I do not like this Fable story at all. Nope. 
No, this is by far... This is terrible. This is horrible. Yeah. I was like, it seemed like a cash grab. I'm like, I don't care about this miniseries. Did he make Mark Buckingham draw, like, some of the fables and draw the miniseries? He gave up on the last fables. The last fables was drawn by Tony Akins. Yeah. So, he yeah, did, he, but he probably... he did a few. He probably kept up until he <clears throat> couldn't. Couldn't. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like okay, this Okay, so all. my problem... My big problem was... Big problem. Like... If you're gonna do that, like, it just all of a sudden these characters of literals appear, and it felt like there was a story in Jack of Fables where he came upon them, and they just dropped these people in. Yeah, like, give me some fucking backstory. Yeah, don't they just... give us nothing. I agree. Yeah, Very like little, start with sure. start with the literals. Like the literals number one should have been the first story, not fables. And it should have given us some... I mean, I guess you didn't need it because... I mean, it made sense, but I just felt like I was missing something. Yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. It's like... Yeah, like, they must have way more backstory in the Jack of Fables series, which... Yeah. Is not included. So I suppose if you were reading both books, it would have been fine. Yeah. But since I... I think at the time it might have been. But even then, I just... It really felt dragged out, too. Well, I think at the time I was because I know I really I have both. all of Jack of Fables yeah. as well, so it may have been a little bit better. But I'm not reading it all this time, so I at least have a little bit more of a idea of it. But uh, yeah, it just doesn't flow. They're trying to mix the style of Jack of Fables with some with of this, fables. and it just doesn't really work together. I mean, I know it's this to your point cash grab but they also probably try to do a thing and go yeah see look a crossover you know of our type of stuff you know and things like the old dc or whatever else but uh it's just not and the story good. itself was just okay this guy's tr i mean just write him out of existence if that's what you're trying to do it's like it's so drawn out what it's i like, don't know is that i didn't remember and i thought about trying to look at the past fables itself but wasn't there a fable that they alluded to that or not a fable, but some character that they had like a couple of panels to that knew there was something odd with Fable Town, but couldn't convince oh, yeah. anybody else. I remember that. Was that Kevin Thorne? I don't think so, because I thought that guy was like a reporter or something. Okay, they? and that he gets killed then and by, he gets black, killed by, by Bluebeard, Bluebeard or, okay. or by Prince Charming or something. Yeah, that could be, could be. I, I don't so. know. That may have been, so it may have been already tied up. I just wondered if they alluded to it as somewhat in Fables and then was bringing it back around in here. I don't think so. And the only like, thing that was funny good was when he kept bucking with Bigby. <laughs> Well, yeah, I do admit I like B Big B tearing up all the damn. Uh, <laughs> yes, what would you call the them? end was good when uh, he. What did he call those genres or something? Yeah, like that? all the yeah. different genres, and it's like, that and was that was good. kind of a cool concept. Like I like that, but it didn't go like they didn't do anything interesting with it. Not you really. Got, like, no. I mean, it was amusing in some parts. It's almost like Willingham was just cracking himself up, right? Maybe I just I think uh, he was just entertaining. Well, himself. and then there's also that thing in there at the end where it's like. The day the end. Dex comes. Well, no, where he's like, says something about, oh, and only, you know, a good editor can make a story pop or something. And he's like, I wonder if the editor just added this in after I wrote yeah, it or whatever. Probably, like, there yeah. was a thing in there like that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I love that. All the blood and everything else in the background, though. That's pretty uh -huh. bad. So. Yeah, it was very meta. What do you think of the old Jack Frost? And That's... <laughs> so Jack, Jack is a... 
total dick. He and is. he shows up and he's like, You shouldn't be able to just come ask your father questions. You have to go on this giant journey to like earn the honor to yeah. like ask your long lost father. It's yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah. He's like, are you still here? He's like, I told you like two <laughs> things. I told like, you all that the should advice be good. Mean. Go, yeah. leave. Keep a list of everyone you sleep with so you don't sleep with your sisters. <laughs> like, oh my god. And then he's like, with, I guess it was, there, there was part, like, Rose, uh, what's her name? He's like, man, get her a shower. She stinks. It's <laughs> like, and then, little, the little stinky dude or whatever. Like, yeah. when they're like, well, he kept, what was it? She kept calling him blue, and he she kept screaming or something, yeah. and and then the whatever's like I need to explain some things about <laughs> human relationships to you. Human fortification, <laughs> fortification. <laughs> he started this whole cult or whatever because he thought he was the reincarnation of boy. Well, he'd already started a cult, but then he thought yeah, but he thought blue came back. Yeah, because he thinks that blue's gonna come back in general, <laughs> and then he thinks blue did come back in this body that looked kind of like. Jack, but he doesn't know who the hell Jack and, is. Well, he so says he's like logic him. He's like, well, how would that work? Because Jack is Jack. He existed before. How would Blue be in him? Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he also talks about, he says it in there several times, which is interesting. He's like, all you humans look the same to the <laughs> yeah, animal. Exactly. Like, all the humans look the same to the animal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then... I don't know. There were some, a couple of good there parts. Were some funny yes. parts. But it was like nine issues with like maybe three issues of material. Yeah. For the most part, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, did they have to go out as far as they did? I don't know. But it still has some of that fables, humorous flair, you know, and things. But, I mean, it does nothing with Mr. Dark and whatever the hell's going no, on. No, yeah, this is you know, I mean, just... this is just purely whatever, tying up, you know, really Jack of Fable loose ends in some ways and stuff and kind of resetting it. In its own way. So I hope this isn't indicative of what we have going forward. I hope it bounces back to... Well, there is, if I remember right, a little bit of that. And I remember this, too, after they took out or finished off the Geppetto-type thing. It felt like he was trying to recharge his batteries or something that he really didn't exactly know where he wanted to go, I think. Was this in that story, I think, where somebody was like... Geppetto was a bad guy like he was just supposed to build like a little boy and make him real or something yeah. and he turned out to be the giant mastermind yeah, of everything was that in this I well, don't I think so. well Kevin Thorne's wondering you know what kind of world is this Bigby and Snow you know are together and Geppetto's the bad guy and all this yeah but they didn't they didn't really introduce Kevin Thorne and like the three no. sisters yeah it was all just thrown like, in it just... well the three sisters are that's part of the crossover though aspect because of the fact that they were heavily involved in Jack of Fables yeah but right. if you're not so, reading Jack of Fables but if you're not, but reading, if you're not reading Fables them, we have no idea what's going on but vice versa if you're not reading Fables you have you probably don't really have much of an idea of who the hell Bigby and Snow are there people are. who are reading so, Jack of Fables and not reading Fables yeah that doesn't make any sense I don't know perhaps I don't know. I, I guess it's possible. At the time, it's possible. It was possible. That would seem weird, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I guess maybe if you got tired of... Like, you had to start reading... I There's no way... Well, I don't know. I can't imagine somebody <laughs> picked up Jack of Fables off the stand and had no idea what Fables Back was. Back in our like, youth, I could that understand. could have happened. Like, you could pick up New Mutants and not read X-Men, right? Because it's on the new stand, you don't know the connection. Yes. Right? But... 
in the modern times, that's very unlikely. I just don't because it wasn't on the newsstand. Not some kids coming picking up Jack of Fables. Hey, this book looks not. cool. Oh, what's this Fables thing? I'll read the Jack of Fables. That's yeah. the one I started with. I could see like if you're reading Fables. And then Jack of Fables comes out, and you're like, ah, Fables kind of sucks. I don't like this anymore. And then you like buy Jack, Jack of Fables, Fables yeah. to, like, read it. Well, and because know. it's really in a bit more of a different tone, too. It is. You know, because well, you could be too, getting to the point where you go, oh, Fables, this thing's yeah. getting kind of serious and whatever exactly. else. I want this more slapstick type of just right. goofiness. And Jack of Fables definitely is in that. And I know I read some of Fables, or Jack of Fables, and he gets a sword stuck in him. Yeah. But then he gets rid of it, and then there's the dude that's the dude. just sitting out. That and he's is like, true. Can you help me get rid of the sword? Yeah. And, like, and no, that's dude. just out of the blue. So right. If you weren't really some dude that, sitting yeah. there with a sword, yeah. stepped through him. There definitely is some aspects of that. But I'm sure that was probably in the dang Jack of Fables. And you know what? Anyway. Like you talk about, like how Stephen King doesn't know how to end a story. I don't think Bill Willingham knows how to end a story because it's like you have nine issues as a build up, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just crack this egg open and trick him into going into another world," and it's like, "Well, did you call that guy Deus Ex Machina?" Yes, they did. So they kind of joked. They kind of were joking that way, anyway. Mm. In general, I so. don't know. So I mean, I give him a pass on that because they did kind of lean into that a little bit. Okay, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But even in the, like, the last story that we did with the end of the Great War, like, we talked about that a little bit. Like, yeah, we understood that they built up right. to it. They built up to it, and then and then it was taken like, out by boom. one big balloon right. and yeah. a bunch of whatever. And then, it's like, yeah. It's okay. hard. Indians are hard, man. What can you say? Did you find I it understand. interesting that Sleeping Beauty is still, like, asleep? And <laughs> yeah, like, like those still people, taking those people and out. And still have like, all the people <laughs> taken out? <laughs> I was like, God damn, that happened like freaking a dozen issues ago. Jeez. That was like long, a year ago. It's like their long-term plan. <laughs> it's like, what do we do with the I thought it was a, thought it was a stop gap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, cool. uh, well, yeah, we'll not see. the strongest fables. We'll see. That's true. What are we up to? 80? I don't know what the next one 85? is. I think it was like 83 or 85. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, right. everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I have to get